For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And a very good morning to you at uh, coming up on nine minutes past nine. This is Mick Mulcahy on the Neil Prendival Show. And a quick, uh, Neil, we'll be back in two weeks' time, by the way, taking a well-deserved uh, break. Let's have a quick look at what the morning papers uh, are saying for you. The uh, Chieftain's Fiddler, Sean uh, Keane, gets uh, much coverage in uh, today's papers, renowned Irish fiddle player Sean Keane has died aged 76. A member of the Chieftains passed away unexpectedly at his home on Dub- in Dublin on Sunday morning. Uh, Scrambler warning has the echo front page. Uh, huge headline there. Garda concern over bike use by youths. A top Garda in Cork City has highlighted the dangers of Scrambler bikes in young hands and warned parents against giving them to children following reports that some minors are receiving them as confirmation gifts. Superintendent Declan O'Sullivan from Mayfield Garda Station is pleading with the public to report incidents of children with scramblers. He stressed that parents buying the vehicles are putting the lives of their children and others at risk. Five seizures have been made in the Mayfield and Ballyvillan area in recent weeks and Superintendent O'Sullivan is keen to get the public on board to identify as many incidents of scrambler misuse in the city as possible. A man held over killing of mum in the Irish Sun today. A man in his 30s was in custody last night after being arrested on suspicion of the murder of a popular mum a week ago. Angela Canavan, uh, aged in her 50s, lived alone at St. John's Terrace in Sligo Town and she was discovered with head injuries shortly after 8.30pm on May the 1st. A lot of the papers today speculating that uh, her killer, possibly somebody she knew, they got into an argument. It became very, very heated uh, and she paid the ultimate price. The monk uh, and his €400,000 price for freedom makes many of the morning papers as well. Star front page, the taxpayer has to stump up for Jerry's trial. Uh, Jerry the monk Hutch will today launch a bid to force the state to pay his legal bill after he was acquitted of the Regency Hotel murder of David Byrne. So he's looking for the state to pay uh, i.e. the taxpayer. Ambulance staff attacked or harassed 45 times last year. Uh, a log reveals that 30 physical assaults and one sexual assault took place during 2022. Ambulance staff were attacked or harassed on 45 different occasions last year with physical assaults, intimidation and threats and a single case of a sexual assault. A log of incidents reveals 30 direct physical assaults and emergency workers with a further three cases of physical harassment. Four cases of verbal assault, three of verbal harassment and eight incidents logged where ambulance staff were the subject of intimidation or of a threat. Tourism faces a billion euro hit due to hotel bed shortages. So says the front page of today's Independent. A secret memo reveals how the need for refugee accommodation will cut hospitality spend. The economy is going to take a 1 billion euro hit due to a lack of hotel accommodation this summer amid the ongoing pressure of housing refugees. A secret government memo warns. Meanwhile, becoming very expensive now to stay in a hotel anywhere uh, uh, because of the shortage of rooms. The document presented to ministers in recent days states the level of refugee and asylum seeker occupancy of uh, of our hotels will have a serious impact on tourism spending. The breakdown of the money that will ultimately not be spent, not be spent by tourists this year was listed as 581 million euro not sold in food and beverages. 94 million in activities and attractions such as caves and kayaking. 
There's going to be a 207 million euro shortfall in all areas of transport. Retail is going to be down 198 million euro and others uh, are coming in at 20 million euros. So the tourism industry facing a bit of a tough year due to hotel bed shortages. Up to 50,000 mortgage debt deals are in danger, uh, says the uh, Irish Daily Mail front page today. For Radcliffe's U-turn on mortgage relief, as experts warn of a major wave of debt due to interest hike. Up to 50,000 debt deals struck with mortgage holders after the crash are in danger following the seventh interest rate hike since last summer. Experts have warned. Mitchell O'Brien, a personal insolvency practitioner, said the latest increase would have a horrendous impact for many of the 300,000 mortgage holders on variable or tracker rates. He also warned the rate rises are more stark for the 100,000 plus people who entered into alternative alternative repayment arrangements, ARAs, after the banking collapse. Front page of the Irish Daily Mail for that one. Now, this is in a few of the papers today and maybe something uh, that's really, really uh, affecting a lot of our listeners here in Cork because almost 60,000 learner drivers are facing waits of up to 10 months. Up to 60,000 learner drivers facing waits of up to 10 months to do their driving test. Those in Dunleary in County Dublin facing the longest for a slot at 46 weeks. Learner drivers hoping to attest in Killarney County Kerry have a wait of over six months. While those in Wilton and Mallow here in Cork uh, face a wait for up to 24 weeks. That's just two weeks off six months. And similar to Cork, Limerick learner drivers facing a wait of 23 weeks, while those in Waterford will have to wait 25 weeks until they can book a slot. Uh, The speculation and uh, the um, fascination, I suppose, with who's going to replace uh, Ryan Tuberty, not made any easier by the great gifts he's getting, of course, by, uh, you know, some of the top entertainers in the world, Ed Sheeran giving him him a signed guitar uh, over the past week. But Clareburn has uh, set the record straight on the late, late gig and insists, I had no meaningful talks with RTE chiefs. This is in the mail, while other papers are saying that uh, they really, really had strong talks, that they offered to reduce the number of weeks that the Late Late Show was broadcast and reduce the uh, broadcast time of the show. So it runs for what? About It runs about two hours? Uh, so maybe they were going to reduce it to an hour and a half or even an hour and make it a short, short show. But anyway... According to the Mail today, Claire Byrne has dismissed claims that she was offered the Late Late Show hosting job uh, or that she entered serious talks with RTE about it. Once the most coveted uh, media and broadcast job in Ireland now seems to be taking on the hue of a bit of a poison chalice, doesn't it? Claire became the frontrunner to take over from Ryan Toberly as host of the RTE flagship show when he leaves at the end of this month, uh, but surprised many when she announced she was ruling herself out of the race on Thursday. Uh, on Sunday, reports in the Irish Mail on Sunday and the Business Post suggested Claire had left RTE in the lurch when she decided to walk away from the job. All speculation, of course, but the Business Post reported that Claire walked away from the Late Late Show despite a willingness from bosses to cut the show's length, as I mentioned, and radically alter its format as parts, uh, part of efforts to convince her to take the role. And so the question now is really, does anyone want to take on the station's top jobs. Joe Duffy's name has now come into the uh, into the hat as well, into the speculation hat, uh, shall we say. And lots of people are talking about Patrick Keelty, uh, who would be a very engaging host, by the way. Um, not sure if he can afford him, uh, is what some of the other papers are saying. 
Uh, I mentioned Springsteen there. Uh, the boss checks out some favourite spots in Dublin. He went to look at the Book of Kells, the 9th century literary masterpiece. Went to Leo Burdock's in Christchurch, uh, a place I know well, just up from uh, Dublin Castle. Uh, one of the oldest uh, chippers uh, actually went there many, many years ago when they still had the coal. They had coal-fired uh, oil burners or whatever making the chips. But then there was a fire uh, and Leo Burdock's got very, very modernised. But the boss, who is well known for his love of Ireland, also kept himself busy off stage as he visited some of his most popular haunts in Dublin. He took a culture tour at Trinity College, uh, went to the Long Hall pub on a nearby Georgia Street uh, and was also spotted chowing down on a fish and chips, a one-in-one in uh, Leo Burdock's in Christchurch. These stars are out. It's a royal variety performance for the King's Big Day. Uh, I must admit to being, uh, I had it on in the background, kind of uh, TV down. Um, and I must admit to being a, a little amused that Harry was, uh, he was kind of blocked out by Anne's feather. Uh, I wasn't listening or anything, but um, yeah, it seemed to be, um, he popped in, he popped out. He had to be there. The one thing I did find amusing, though, uh, about the whole coronation and, and think about the coronation and what it means, what you will. Um, but it leaked out afterwards that Dior, uh, the famous uh, couture brand, uh, leaked out that they had made a bespoke suit for Harry to wear uh, at the um, the coronation. Uh, which begs the question, why didn't he use, it's a British event, why didn't he use a British tailor? Uh, and as such as that, a snub once again to his nation. He snubbed the monarchy, he snubbed his family, uh, he snubbed his... Uh, uh, colleagues in the army to an extent and uh, now it uh, looks as though he's uh, snubbing the British fashion houses as well but that's uh, something he probably would have worn uh, to cash a cheque so you're just wondering where does his loyalties lead anymore or as was said on the uh, uh, UK uh, news over the weekend actually was it on Piers Morgan uh, that uh, no it was Paul Burrell uh, Diana's um, Diana's former butler uh, who said that one day he will wake up and be out from under the spell he's currently uh, that's currently cast over him. Uh, big, big mega fortune, of course, is the preserve of ABBA. Uh, still very popular, almost 50 years now. 49, isn't it? 1974 that they won in Brighton, the Eurovision Song Contest, which is on this week again, by the way. Uh, ABBA's one billion fortune. They have a mega fortune, which you can check out in the sun today, uh, from royalties, from ABBA Voyage, which is the virtual reality show, from food and drink. Um, Bjorn is the majority shareholder in Mamma Mia, The Party, uh, which combines a meal with the band's hits, uh, which was launched in Stockholm, making a lot of money out of that. The ABBA Museum, from film and theatre and from television. You can check out ABBA's fortune in the sun. And finally, Massacre at the Mall. A German uh, gunman killed by cops after he blasted eight. It's now reported nine or dead. A gunman killed eight people at a shopping centre in the US before being shot dead by police. Seven other people were injured, three of them critically, in the attack on Saturday afternoon in Allen Premium Outlets uh, in Dallas, Texas, the latest incident of gun violence in the US. Of course, the outlets are many and uh, varied in the US and a huge source of attraction for people looking for bargains. But horrifying dashcam video uh, showed the uh, unnamed gunman step out of a vehicle outside the centre and immediately start shooting at people on the pavement. And they sound like little firecracks when you look at them on the news. Uh, They don't sound like the guns you hear shooting in a movie. Maybe that's just me. But more than 36 shots could be heard as the vehicle recording the video 
drove off. Uh, Stephen Spainhauer, one of the first on the scene, rescued his son from a clothing shop. And um, just fortuitously, there happened to be an on-duty police officer in the uh, shopping mall, the outlet, uh, on an unrelated matter, who heard the gunfire, located the gunfire, spotted the gunman and took him out, uh, killing him before he could uh, continue on his killing spree. But this is the 100, I'm not talking about uh, homicides now, this is the 199th uh, mass shooting in the United States this year. We've only got four months gone. There's been 199 mass shootings. When I say mass shootings, I mean a shooting that's killed more than four people. So this is eight or nine people, and there's been 199 of those. And it reminded me of some words uh, that that were written some time back by a guy called Brian Bilston. And uh, before I read them, it's called America is a Gun. Um... Before I read them, because it has a kind of critical look at America, uh, probably should say uh, that there were those uh, of our forebears, say three generations ago, were delighted that America was a gun when they came to rescue Europe from the the jackboot of the Nazis. Uh, So that was a different time, different values. Uh, You know, this was before the uh, proliferation of uh, communication technology and social media, etc. And America seen as a noble a rescuer of, uh, or supporter, let's say rescuer, but uh, uh, a lot of Americans would uh, would differ. They would reckon they were instrumental uh, in the invasion of Europe uh, from D-Day and, and the, uh, the beaches of Normandy. So there was a time that America being a gun uh, was a very good time. And I accept that before I read these lines because they are critical of America today. This is by Brian Bilston. It's called America is a Gun. England is a cup of tea. France, a wheel of ripened brie. Greece, a short, squat, Olive tree. America is a gun. Brazil is football on the sand. Argentina, Maradona's hand. Germany, an umpa band. America is a gun. Holland is a wooden shoe. Hungary, a goulash stew. Australia is a kangaroo. America is a gun. Japan is a thermal spring. Scotland is a highland fling. Oh, better to be anything than America as a gun. Brian Bilston. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Good morning. Mick Mulcahy on the Neil Prenderville Show. Uh, 25 past nine. Brendan Piper, good morning, sir. Good morning, Mitch. Thanks for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem. It's a little bit like Groundhog Day, actually, Brendan, because every time I take over the show, it seems uh, inexorably we're drawn to you and, and, and uh, your story is popping up again. It's been going on for a while now. I think we broke it over a year ago, maybe two years ago. It's nearly two years now, Mitch. I was just thinking about that this morning. Yeah. In, in the meantime, of course, uh, one of your dear friends and supporters has passed away, and Michael O'Regan. Michael uh, O'Regan, so, yeah. Mike was made us nearly 50 years. Yeah, so let's remember him as part of the heritage of everything of we're going to talk about there. And I'm also conscious that uh, things are getting a little fraught now and, and, and possibly a little legal, so we have to be a little careful here as well, yep. OK? Uh, yep. Now, local companies have raised 15,000. We're talking about uh, the, the Piper Fun Fair in Kinsale, a long-standing tradition. Uh, whatever about the, uh, the showman's wagon, we'll talk about everything, of course. Um, but you wrote a letter last week to councillors and top officials, but you got no response. Where do we stand with everything? Well, Steve Medigan, me, or, um, sorry, Nick, for Steve Medigan, we haven't progressed any further. All we did, and for, and I give it to the, the Cockhart Council, they're looking for the bond, first of all, with 60,000, and we, we appreciated that they dropped the bond to 30,000. But what happened, it, 
make I can't get it this particular bond. The bond that they're looking for is called a builder's bond. And as you know, we're not a builder. We're not builders, we're fund fair operators. Mm-hmm. And there's no um, there's no bond out there for us. Be it be it five thousand, two thousand, sixty thousand, there's no bond that would cover us. Okay. So what what will the bond the effectively cover for those who are new to the story? Yeah, what it yeah. What it what I've found out there is I didn't know what it covered it until I started looking into it. It covers the surface and of course the car park was tarmacademed and turned into a for car parking and lined. So the bond will cover it when the fun fair goes in, like we're supposed to be building up this morning. And what we do, what is, it covers any surface damage that we do to the park. Okay. The car park at the end of the season, the bond is there. So because we bring in the engineers, there's any damage to done, the 30,000 is there to cover that. Okay, because, because the machinery and, you know, all of the fun fair rides and everything may indent the surface or may cause some damage. Yes. Is that it? Yes. That's, yeah, that's what they're saying. And I've, like I've offered them, I take out say the big rides like the the, the big traditional rides over the swinging boats would take about eighteen stakes. So I offered to take that out. And I offered to take the giant slide out, we take another twelve to sixteen stakes and another ride kiddies round boat would take about ten stakes. So I offered to take them out and the rest of my rides, like with the bumper cars which is about eighty feet long by thirty five wide when it's up. So I offered to do that with um, build that on top of heavy duty plastic to save the ground. The formula ride is 30 by 20. I offered to do heavy duty plastic, build it on top of heavy duty plastic as well. And my other rides, um, two or three other rides to do the same is to um, build it on top of plastic. And that, that, that's a no go either, I don't think. Okay, so today is supposed to be the start of the season. Not a great day for it, but nonetheless, you'd no. be happy to start if you could, wouldn't you? Yeah, we should be doing. We should be doing the, the frame now. At the moment, but the lads should be working at the frame of the bumper, bumper, bumper cars. That should be building up. That's the first ride we build up, and then we build um, everything around the, the bumper, yeah. the, the bumper track, as we call it. Yeah. So everything that's freestanding, whereas before you would have probably staked support lines into the ground. That can't happen anymore. If you were going ahead, that can't happen anymore. Yeah. No, and I think that was what the bond is. Just to cover that, but okay. I, I suggest we go away with that. And I didn't hear anything back. All right. So where where does this leave you in in no man's land again? Limbo. Yeah. Limbo. Just yeah. Here, we're, like I said, we should have been pulled in our rides yesterday morning and built up this morning. But then um, I met one of them since as you brought it up two years ago. Mate. Yeah. We're still at Limbo. Where is your support coming from these days, Brandon? Is it coming from the public? Is it coming from the councillors who used to support you? Yeah. Or, or is that yeah. now, over the passage of time, is support evaporating? Is Kinsale learning to live without pipers? Tough question, I know. Well, it's just a tough question, but the, the, the answer to that is no, because every day we get a, people are stopping us. I get calls as well. What's the story when he's coming in? And I said, I don't know, we haven't heard anything. Like the, um, with great support, like from Michael Collins, the TD, great support. And Christopher Sullivan, you know, with great support there. Um, and fairness to um, to Sean Donovan and Councillor Sean Donovan, Councillor Alan Coleman. When this all started two over two years ago, they came on board. To Sean started the first, but 
I take it what it is. Unfortunately, I keep the local hands. Uh, their hands are tied. Local councils. I'm told their hands are tied, and it's um, it's an executive decision. Okay. The hall officials. All, all we can do, really, Brandon, is 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 highlight the. Yeah. The, miss, the missing element of Kinsale, it, you know, we may we may be shouting at the wind here because uh, the decision, uh, you know, the pushback you're getting seems to indicate to me that there's a lot of resistance to at at whatever level of the powers may be uh, to to that long-standing colourful element of Kinsale being restored. Hundred percent. I don't know why. Like we give a service. I think we give a service. You know, we can be flying. I think we're bringing revenue into the town also. And, you know, and it's to give them childhood memories. Yep. And I don't know why. And when I, like, they're talking about some businesses, like, this is the officials, they're saying, like, some businesses in the town want the car park for their businesses, for their own businesses. But okay. I said, like, are we not considered a business because we pay our, our taxes? They give them money. You know, we bring revenue into the town. They're not bringing that into consideration. Yeah. Apparently, they don't. Is, is, it, is it perhaps, and I'm trying to be kind here, is it perhaps because there's a nomadic element to your business yeah. and that it sets up and it leaves? It's almost like a, a stalled trader. It is, maybe so. I don't know if it's been, I don't know what it is, uh, because, um, like I say, we've been nearly 90 years inside the bar. And we never had any problem like this before. And is, is the shaman's wagon getting any more favourable consideration no. from the powers of the bee? No, the shaman's wagon, all that all we were told, like, when we got the confirmation that we can go ahead and go back into the past for three years, all, that's all done away, but no, we are only three, that's all done away. Everything was ready to go. And it was too late last year to go in. There was no mention of a bond, and the shaman's wagon can go in with the fund fair, and apparently it can stay there for the um for the remainder, even when the fund her is taken down, the shipment like yep. stay in the park. But um, I have to do the shipment writing out in my own place. You know, I just have to finish the work there again because I painted it all up, getting ready for going in again, just in case we do get the call. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really feel for you, Brendan, because uh, I know this is this is breaking your heart. But uh, let's see if we can shed some more light on it, and we continue to we continue to highlight it. Whatever the eventual outcome is, uh, you know, we we need to be impartial. Everyone can see the benefits of it, and some can see the constraints of having it there, and maybe some insurance, whatever. Maybe it's insurance. Maybe it's a, an overall look for the town that. Uh, you know, the fun fair is not desirable anymore, but uh, we'll see if we can shed some more light on it here now. Yeah, but someone to make you about insurance, our public liability insurance is 13.5 million, and employees' liability is 6.5 million. You know, but plenty, plenty insurance cover there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it's about insurance. All right, you know, it, Brendan, we, we, will, we will stay in touch, all right? Nick, again, thank you so much for highlighting this. We really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Neil, and your team as well. Thanks a million. Cheers. Bye-bye. Now, let's let's go to local councillor Marie O'Sullivan, who makes one of the better breakfasts in Kinsale. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Very good. Long time no see. Long time no see, yeah. Hopefully we'll see you during the summer. What's the the issue here? Um, I I know you have to be careful not to offend anybody, but is is it is it true the issue is in the hands of the council's legal team and their addresses? Look, it's at the end of the day, it's an executive 
decision make look we as the councillors got the bond reduced from 60,000 down to 30,000 you know yourself when you are signing up a lease for anything there are boxes that have to be ticked and compliance that has to be done with anything and at the end of the day if those boxes aren't ticked and if something happens on a site which is a public site we say belonging to Cork County Council the council will be liable so then it's the public's money is going into play there so you're actually what you're guarding is the public having to do a payout against something that could happen there but he, but he is so, fully insured he's got all his public liability and lots of I know oh absolutely and look that's grand but obviously the bond is a part that is and it's like me I have outside dining here in Kinsale so I have to have um, as part of my insurance a bond to indemnify Cork County Council for X amount of money as part of my insurance policy Okay. and that has to be stated on my policy so this is it's, it's a compliance issue and like, like anything you have to present the paperwork to get things over the line and has that been done? Well, we're, we're waiting for him. It's, uh, the offer's on the table. So, I mean, he, he needs to come in with, with the paperwork in order and there'll be absolutely no problem. I okay. mean, my own, look, my own children have enjoyed pipers. They've been in the bumpers. They've been the bumpers myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not that nobody wants them, but it's just, look, everybody has to be protected here. And that's what it's about. Nobody's trying to hunt anybody out of anywhere. Okay. General consensus, Marie, is that you and other councillors have had a bit of a hounding on this issue. Uh, Southern Star reporting that you broke down in tears at a meeting in Bandon on Tuesday, uh, saying you received some very serious online abuse over the stalemate between uh, yourselves at the council and the Piper's Fun Fair. Is that true? Yeah, look, myself and other councillors, we've received abuse. I, might admit, I have no problem taking criticism. I'm the side of the street here. Anybody come in and say anything to me, but I'd like to be able to answer back. I will not engage with anybody online. I think, you know, if, you're, if you feel strongly about something, come in and say it to me. Mm-hmm. And I have absolutely no... I think everybody having a conversation, everybody understands each other. Yeah. And that's because, the communication you know, is what it's all about. People can come in, come into your cafe and uh, maybe call you aside, go to a private area, have, they the, do. have their little they, chat, they vent their <laughs> spleen, as it were. Um, but you, you guys have got children, possibly grandchildren, and it's not very nice for them to be reading things about you that stay no, online forever. Think, like, look, my son, my son is on his work placement from college at the moment, and he's he's on board ship. He's, he's doing nautical science, and he's in the Pacific at the moment. And he was watching the things online. It's not nice when you're twenty one year old who normally doesn't give a damn about anybody because they don't really rings you and you say, "Are you okay, ma'am?" And I have my sister, unfortunately, I don't have my parents, but their counsellors have parents, they have grandchildren, they have children, they have brothers and sisters. And, like, it's, it's not fair. We're human beings. We have blood running through our veins as well. You know, it's not, like, it's not fair to take a pot shot at anybody. And as well as that, taking pot shots at your business as well is another all-time low for me. You know, so, I mean, like, really, I think definitely the pen is mighty, mightier than the sword. But we have to be very, very careful and thoughtful about the things we write online. Mm. And then you get uh, Michael Collins, TG, involved, who walked into, into Kinsale one Sunday and said that you six councillors in the municipal district, district should be doing more. But, like, we can only do so much. We can make representations. But when it comes down to legal matters, there are solicitors in County Hall, there's an executive team there who actually have to do, check through all the paperwork and see that everything's in order. We're not legal eagles. Mm-hmm. We're public representatives. 
Yeah, I, I know it was Councillor Alan Coleman who who took up the mantle maybe two years ago. Yeah. Uh, but even he has said that the public discourse at the recent protest, uh, and to quote him, descended to a new low, unquote. Uh, he was apparently yeah. subjected to abuse that he'd never been, that had never been, he'd seen, never seen dished out before to anyone. Uh, and that is surely uncalled for. It's, look, Mick, it's what, what I would consider mob politics, which I certainly don't, don't condone. And I, I felt absolutely terrible for Alan that day. It was horrific what he was subjected to. Mm. And I mean, nobody should be subjected to it. Yeah, I want to credit no. Kieran O'Mahony, by the way, in the Southern Star for that's a, a brilliant article that was written. It kind of surmises the whole thing. Just on a personal note, Marie, yeah. and, and maybe not speaking as a counsellor, but yeah. how, how do you feel as a parent, and maybe as a counsellor, um, about this seemingly, um, you know, difficult situation that's facing Kinsale? Do you really think that the, the Piper's Funfair will return, should return, could return? Well, look, it- it, it, it's, it devolves in their court, to be honest with you, Mick. I mean, if they have all their ducks in order, it's like anyone. If you're going to open something, you have to have your ducks in order. Otherwise, unfortunately, you can't do it. I mean, you know, we can help so far, but then they have to do, like, to be quite right, the first email I got actually regarding the whole Piper thing this year was on the 11th of April saying that there was going to be a protest. The first email I got from Brendan was on the 19th of April. Now, if you are really serious about your business, I will be starting back in October, putting my ducks in order. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, so obviously there's a time lag from first application and maybe that's what's holding things up. Yeah, but, like, I mean, you know, you have, to, you have to have everything in order. Like, if, you know, when you know, you know this, these dates are coming and they're critical dates. It's like when you're sitting, you're leaving cert, you're not going to be studying the June Bank Holiday weekend to go in and sit your English paper the following Wednesday. I, I know someone who did. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know what I mean? It's a different story, but I'm trying to just give you a, yeah. you know, you know. Yeah, so look, t- difficult times. There's no, there's no winners here as yet. No, the- absolutely. And look, we, we, we don't like the situation at all. Don't, we're not getting any enjoyment out of it, you know? Mm. So, I mean, like, it's it's just, it's horrible for everybody. And I empathise with the Piper family. But look, they just have to meet the requirements, I suppose, what, what the executive are asking them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and is, is there any assistance can be given, given them, you know, legal expertise? Um, well, that, that would be, that would be out of, that would be yeah, out but, of my hands now. You know, I would, would think, I mean, their own solicitors would be able to advise them on that. Okay. And and, you know? and would it be remiss of me to ask, w- would the council look favourably on a completed application quickly? Oh, if everything was done properly, absolutely. I would say there's no problem once they come up with what they're asked for. Yeah. Uh, just personally, you know? not as a councillor, do you feel it'll be a benefit to the town if it comes back? But look, anything that's a benefit to children, is, for me, is a benefit to the town. Yeah. And uh, just, just to clarify, was the site gifted actually to the people of Kinsale? It was gifted. I'm not sure of the ins and outs of it because that would be, it was an old, it's a, a bit like the old town council, you know, things have changed since, so I'm not too sure of the legalities of it. But yeah, it, it was gifted to the people it can say, yeah. Okay. So, so I suppose it's like, it's like we say the temperance hall in Kinsale is blind to people it can say as well. Okay, you so in, in the two years we've made a lot of progress then. Uh, we're, yeah. we're almost at the line where an acceptance could be granted if the documentation was put in proper order and exactly. presented in a timely exactly. fashion. 
Exactly. So, so, so it's, exactly. it's not over yet for the Piper family? No, absolutely not. It's not. I mean, but it, it's up to them. I mean, the offer was on, on the table from yeah. Stockholm. Okay, very clearly explained, Marie. Um, best wishes for... How's, how's the season going so far in Kinsale? Well, you know, it's up and down. Like, we need the weather now to kick into gear a small bit, but, you know... It's you, great you ain't going to do that today. I know it's not, but it's great to see the tourists back and, you know, people out in the streets again because we definitely were starved that over the past couple of years. Yeah, and as the uh, kind of hospitality gourmet capital of Ireland, are you still having that problem housing and accommodating the uh, yeah. the catering yeah. staff? It is. Because it is Airbnb, Airbnb is, is that's hugely well, popular know, in a place like Kinsale now and taking well, the rooms. But even, Mick, it's, it's, a problem, um, it's a problem in Spain as well as speaking to friends of mine in Spain. Accommodation has become a problem everywhere because of Airbnbs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mick. Thanks, Marie. Thank best, you. best of luck with your, your own business for the season and thanks for being Thank very eloquent and, and for clearing up the fact that it's not yet over for the Pipers. We're not ringing any death knell here. No, uh, absolutely we, not. We could have some progress in the very near future. Documentation pending. Exactly. Thanks, Marie. Thank you, Mick. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Coming up to a quarter to ten. Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show. Now, new laws aimed at curbing hate speech are currently going through the Shannon and have sparked an amount of controversy. The updated legislation will create landmark laws to deal with hate crimes, make it an offence to deny or trivialise genocide, and expand protections to include gender, identity and disability. And to speak to us about it on line one is Sarah Hardiman, who uh, is a spokesperson. Oh, she's not on line one, OK. But uh, anyway, having apparently having material on your phone, having it on your phone now, but uh, not shared with anyone is also prosecutable under the new law due to be implemented this summer. A penalty for an offence will be up to five years imprisonment. Five years imprisonment. Uh, for having it on your phone and not sharing it with anyone. Uh, and opponents of the criminal justice bill have uh, raised concerns the changes go too far and will stifle free speech. That was our post online last night. We wondered what your thoughts were. But right now, let's get the thoughts of Sarah Hardiman, who is spokesperson for Free Speech Ireland and back on line one. Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for having me. It's Mick, actually, but don't worry. Uh, Free Speech Ireland oh, is, is, an, uh, is an organisation established to preserve the constitutionally guaranteed right to freedom of speech and expression, sort of like the First Amendment in the USA. Is that correct? Well, <clears throat> Irish, the Irish Constitution has a slight qualification in free speech. So while it does embody the essence of free speech and insists that it is important that the public have the right to an opinion, there is a slight restriction under the Irish Constitution, and it does say that for the public uh, good and for moral order, there can be restrictions. Now, we see that best in the 1989 legislation, which is the current legislation known as the Prohibition of Incitement to Hatred Act 1989. Okay, we have laws in place under Section 10, I believe, on harassment. Um, Yes, well, well, I suppose it's, it's more important in the context of the bill to go into the the background of the 1989 Act, because okay. this is where the bill that's going through the Shannon is important. The bill going through the Shannon would see the repeal of the 1989 Act, which is taking advantage of that part of the Irish Constitution that says, for public order and moral good, there would be a slight restriction on free speech. So what does that mean? That means in the interest of preserving people's life and physical safety, that 
you cannot call for, let's say, the genocide of a certain group of people. You can't call for the, the lynching of an individual person. You can't call for dangerous acts that are physically dangerous that could end someone's life. Like, or, or, or like sedition, like, like we had on January 6th when they stormed the Capitol in America. You can't call for acts well, such, mean, such as that to happen. We, yes, you, you, you have a, a moral order and a, a social order to preserve, um, and that's understandable. You don't want to live in a chaotic society. Um, so calling for that kind of action, insurrection, you name it, that will have ramifications. So that's the kind of thing, that's the, that's the small space in which freedom of speech has, has a sort of a grey area where we say there's certain things you just cannot do because there's a much greater danger that would lead to chaos and anarchy and all of these. Uh, okay, and as, as a spokesperson for Free Speech Ireland, which was, by the way, started by students in UCC and University College Cork uh, about five years ago, uh, do you accept that there needs to be limitations then on absolute free speech, these caveats included, that you can't incite hatred to viol- or violence and that kind of thing? That's the law in the books. Mm-hmm. That's the 1989 Act. That's the Constitution. Okay. And that is the status quo. What we're looking at with this bill is a complete change of that. It's so you, you would contend then that we have a law fit for purpose? Absolutely. Okay. We have now, a law fit for purpose. Now, I'm going to ask you to explain what's coming down the track here, but uh, Simon Harris, who's, who's the interim Justice Minister, of course, Helen McEntee, uh, is on maternity leave and I believe will return in about a month's time. Uh, but he's irked uh, some of the most uh, wealthy and famous people on the planet. It's not often we have a proposed law uh, that uh, irks the likes of Elon Musk, who called it insane, or a member of the Trump family, Donald Trump Jr., saying uh, this is a slippery slope to the bottom. So this has got international attention. Why is that? Well, I think what would be more of an issue for the Irish people is why hasn't it gotten national attention, given that this bill has been through the beginning stages of the doll last November. Our group was canvassing Helen McEntee's constituency and later went on to canvass uh, Simon Harris's constituency. We've been trying to highlight this and bring this to the media attention for several months now. We've gotten cover from smaller outlets, but that's about it. This is one of the most stringent and, and, and massive overhauls of free speech in this country as we know it. And the journalist class of this country have not been speaking out on this issue. It took Elon Musk retweeting a tweet of ours for this suddenly to get media attention, for people to suddenly perk up and say, this is something serious. What, what, why is someone like Elon Musk concerned? So you're absolutely right. Why is he concerned? Well, ultimately, a led piece of legislation like this, while you're right, it did come from Helen McEntee's office and from the Minister of Justice, <coughs> from the Department of Justice, rather. The issue is that this isn't a brainchild of that institution. This is being handed down from the European Council. This is the EU telling Ireland to get its hate speech laws in a particular, uh, I suppose, position. So this isn't something that the Irish people have asked for. This isn't something that our elected people, our elected representatives have, you know, uh, ran on a ballot for. This is something that the the establishment of the EU have told us to do, and that the majority of TDs in the doll have voted along with, and. There is very little opposition to this. So the cynics, um, the cynics among us might contend then that this is something that's been orchestrated to protect the body politic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, th- th- that's a very important angle on this. I mean, Simon Harris had a comment and he said that, I think it was before Christmas, he said instinctively uh, migrant status should be part of the protected classes under this bill. And I'm more than happy to get into the protected classes that will be added to this. And this, this is a really crucial part. The 1989 piece of legislation protects people 
for any reason from incitement to violence, from incitement to the physical danger of you as a person or as a group of people. What they want to add to this is a subset of groups that means that that the state and the NGOs that have lobbied the state for this bill, for inclusion under this bill, have managed to now put themselves in a position where they will have codified protections in law by the virtue of the fact that they are classified as certain groups. Wouldn't it be convenient for the state at, at a point in the, this point in in the middle of, let's say, uh, the housing crisis and other issues, to be able to classify certain things to stifle the, the debate on them? That's what we're looking at here, and that's what's really dangerous. That okay. There's going to be stifling of public debate. Okay, but free free speech is is a fundamental tenet of democracy. Uh, and as long, and you say we are protected already by the 1989 Act, and as long as free speech does not incite hatred or violence, then we're pretty well protected. Now, we have seen a, a lot of uncomfortable situations where people have very strongly held beliefs against not only migrants, but asylum seekers, against ethnic minorities, uh, against the uh, LGBTQ community. Uh, I, I could go on. Uh, are these are these elements of society these uh, sub uh, these cohorts, if you like, um, uh, you know, valid existing cohorts uh, who should be you know at one and integrated with society? Are these now going to be afforded extra protection under these new proposed laws? For, for, so lay, lay out for me, if you will, who, who is going to get this extra protection that's being proposed? Well, well, the irony is that might not even be completely clear. It's an attempt at that. But the definitions under this legislation, they're so terribly drafted that it's not even clear what some of the, the specific classifications are. One such uh, protection is for uh, incitement to hatred against sex characteristics. Now, I would love to know what that actually means, because that really could be absolutely anything. So we see these loose definitions around things, attempting to protect people in certain circumstances, but again, it's not about, the, like, if, if someone, let's say the example you've given there, someone who has, uh, you know, asylum status or a racial status or whatever, and that they're attacked on the basis of that, it will be the legislation that's on the books that will protect them. But if, you, if your physical uh, danger, your, your physical um, safety or your life is in danger, you will go to the Gardaí right now and you will receive protection. That's the reality. This isn't about how safe people are physically. The 1989 Act is there to take care of that aspect. This is about public discussion on any issue whatsoever. And those groups that you mentioned, it is wonderful that they participate in the public square, that they voice their opinion for whatever issues they need to advocate for. But the point is that everyone should have that right, unqualified, to speak on an opinion. When we're not talking about violence, when we're not talking about a threat to someone's life, speech should be free. Uh Now... You can make, apparently, under, under these uh, proposed rules, you can make a meme for yourself. And I'm saying this in the context of people being arrested at the coronation, right? Um, some, some are only holding up not my king signs. Some of them got through on the world's media. Some of them were just taken, taken away from them. Some of them arrested. Most of the signs broken. Um, but some other uh, protesters at the coronation uh, were arrested while wearing hoodies over... T-shirts that they had been identified um, by the powers that be as being potentially uh, dangerous to the the narrative of the day, but they were arrested without displaying anything, uh, even though they were wearing what would be seen to be offensive T-shirts to the monarchy uh, underneath these hoodies. 
are, are we wa- are we walking down that slippery slope now? In fact, you, you can make a meme for yourself. You could consider it funny, and comedy is subjective. Others could consider it hateful. And you could have it on your phone and not share it with anyone. But if it comes to the attention of a Garda, you could face up to five years in jail. That's absolutely right. That's, that's currently as it stands in the draft bill right now. So you may have no intention to share a meme uh, or any kind of comic or joke, anything that you have that's in your personal, uh, you know, your phone, your computer, whatever. You write it, you draft it, you, you maybe just look at it to laugh at it. And you've never shared it with anyone. If that, like you say, if, if, if the guardian or anyone has a reason to uh, search your phone, search your possessions for any reason, and they, they may use other aspects of this act in order to get their hands on that, then you're in trouble. So mm. if, if someone said, oh, you know, this person is uh, inciting hatred against my uh, sex characteristics. So we've seen examples of you're, that. But you're not inciting it if you, if you don't broadcast it. You're, you're, you're holding a personally well, held opinion. Well, this is the, this is the danger. If you if you were discussing, as I've seen many people do so um, in the UK, because the UK has strict uh, hate speech laws in the books right now. This particular one that's proposed, by the way, is stricter. But the ones in the UK right now have people being getting a knock from the UK police on their front door for a tweet, and a tweet that is is exactly what mm. we're describing. But, but you, you, know, you, know, you know what I find farcical here is, is and I'm, I'm only using this as an example. I'm probably protected under the existing legislation if I say this statement. And I'm saying it only by example. I don't mean anything, okay? Um, Women are better multitaskers and men are better drivers. If under the new legislation I say that, I could be in big trouble. In theory. In theory. But you have to also look at... In in theory. Um, And and maybe maybe it's a perfect application of it. But is is any prosecutor really going to come after you for a statement like that? They're probably not. But we're looking at the hot topic issues that can neatly fall under categories like sex identity, sex characteristics. And as many people know, and certainly in the last two years, uh, there's been plenty of around the issues of transgenderism and uh, people wanting a discussion about a hot topic that is what happens in public spaces such as bathrooms. Yeah, because a, a comment like I've just, I've just mentioned would, would lead probably on a radio programme to generating debate. And debate is another tenet of democracy. If you can debate and, and hold diametrically opposed positions and debate them, you don't really have a democracy. Very quickly, I've only got 30 seconds. This, this new law is coming in from the European Council, which is essentially designed to control the internet. But they seem to be the most draconian in Europe. Could you comment on that? I, I would agree. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the reason it's happening through the Irish laws in particular is because we have so many companies based here in Ireland. So if our legislation says this is the line, those companies will toe the line, which means it's not just the Irish public that's going to have to adhere to this. It will, in effect, be the European and possibly global standard by which uh, free speech is conducted online. And measured. And I think that's not very right. at all. Very good. Th- thanks, Sarah Hardiman, spokesperson for Free Speech Ireland. We'll come back to it after news at 10. Thank you, Sarah. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM.
Now, I want to get to this very quickly because I didn't get a chance to mention it uh, in the last hour. It's our Monday Munchies on the Neil Prandival Show from Offbeat Donuts. Now, do you and your work crew need a Monday pick-me-up? Well, what better way to start the week on a high, a sugar high, admittedly, and hit the sweet spot on the Neil Prandival Show by scoring a box of delicious donuts for you and your workmates from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. Here's what you need to do. You text or WhatsApp to 86 Tell us who you are, where you're working, and most importantly, why you and your colleagues deserve a Monday treat. You'll be used to doing this on a Friday and now we're doing it on Monday as well, okay? The patrollers will deliver up to five boxes to a business every Monday. That's 60 donuts. That'll feel a lot. So offbeat donuts are creating circles of obsession. Love that. And making moments of magic. And if you want to find them, they're on French Church Street. There's a random selection of donuts uh, you're going to be offered. Uh, there is 60, so you might get one or two or three. of I don't know. Praline cream, chocolate ganache, red velvet, salted caramel pecan, Oh, that's the one. Offbeats Jam, many, many more. 60 Donuts. Uh, if you want to enter, you text or WhatsApp 86 8104 Tell us who you are, where you're working, and most importantly, why you and your colleagues deserve a Monday treat on the Monday Munchies uh, with Offbeat Donuts on the Neil Prendival Show. Let's go to line two, back to the business of the day, and Alan uh, on the hate speech impending laws. Morning, Alan. Morning, sir. How are you doing? No, very good. Now, I mentioned Section 10 for harassment. Am I correct in that one? Section 10 deals with that in the Constitution? Yeah, so so what Section 10 is basically for is it's to basically, like, prevent people from, like, just consist, like, consistently, persistently, annoyingly harassing them, putting them, calling call them up for it, or just interfering with their basic privacy or safety. And... So, so for so for example, like there there is an awful lot of situations like where where uh, like Section Ten like could could be applied by law, but it's not being applied by law essentially. And like in in many cases of of harassment, like that is what uh, Section Ten is meant to be there for. For for example, like re- like recently, like I, I submitted like three hundred pieces of evidence to to Angarda uh, under Section 10 for harassment because uh, there was far less hate groups posting material about me and making up lies about me and how I've been doing it for the past three years. And uh, like like this like this harassment has gone from like following me on the streets uh, to stalk me online to call up my employers trying to get me fired over jobs. So like in, in terms of harassment and stuff like that, like fair fair enough. Like like I. I agree that, like nobody, like there, there isn't any place for racism, there is any place for homophobia. But at the same time, like, like just just because people can label and try to determine that somebody is of a certain character, like that doesn't really give them the right to completely infringe upon a person's constitutional rights and go after their work and you know, go go after their right to a good name and right to a living as well. Okay, why why are you getting this harassment? Well, well, see the thing is, like it, it all started back in 2019. And uh, there, there was asylum seekers that are actually being uh, <clears throat> moved moved into the, into my local into a hotel. It's, it's, it's only it's only hotel in the village of Kinfara, uh, and it's been used as a direct vision centre for the past four years. And uh, it was supposed to be fifty women from Syria that that were moved into the hotel, but it actually happened to be fifty women from Congo. And the one thing I noticed was uh, that the women didn't have any children. And then I went off and I looked in and I discovered that Ireland was the only country in the EU that hadn't signed the Lance Rossi Agreements, which was there to uh, prevent child sex trafficking. So, like, like of course, like I, I was like, well, I hope to God that like, there isn't 
like women and children being brought into the country, like and they're not like being being thrown into trafficking rings. Like and just from highlighting that fact, like like people were going after my my career, my job, and everything. Okay, so th- this was because a video got out of, of of you as part of a group, was it? No, no, it was more so like I like I just highlighted like in like in the grand scheme of things, like there's lots of social issues that that we have. Like these are all very new issues. Uh, like if if you look at the international protection uh, system, like that's only. If, it's only becoming more kind of a prominent feature in, in Ireland where, where we have more and more kind of influx of, of asylum seekers coming into the country. So, so, so that's a new thing. If, if you look at uh, an awful lot of the changes in law in regards to benefit to the, the trans and the LGBT community, like these are all uh, very new kind of implementations in Irish society. Okay, so let's, like the, let's look at the impending laws um, more specifically, Alan. Uh, we, we have existing laws, as you mentioned, under Section 10 of the Constitution. Uh, by their very age, 1989, they predate uh, any social media, so they, they should cover a lot of social media as well. But the new updated laws on hate speech are currently making their way through the Oireachtas, but they are controversial, it has to be said. As things stand in Ireland, hate speech is defined as any communication in public attended or likely to be threatening or, abu- or abusive and likely to stir up hatred against the person due to their race, colour, nationality, religion, ethnicity, traveller origins and or sexual orientation. Is it your belief that this uh, new legislation will go beyond those groups? Well, well see, I, I believe that it's going to be, it's going to be abused. Uh, for, for example, it's very, very easy to label somebody a racist. Now it's very easy to label somebody a homophobe, a bigot. Uh, it's very easy to state that something, that somebody is of a certain character. And then... When, once you call a person a racist, like a person's forced into a situation to say, "Oh well, I'm not a racist," like and this is why, like and then they're they're forced to delve deeper into into trying to fight against a uh, point of, or trying to protect a point of view, like just to protect their character, and it's it's what's happened. So like there's there there is active groups in the country, like like the government funds these groups, like specifically to go around. Uh, to isolate characters, point them out, and just say, "Well, well, this person's a racist. This person's a homophobe." Like, and then, and then after that, like these groups are funded to not only just counter protests, and but also to like dox them and to essentially try uh, ruin their careers. So, if if you look at uh, <clears throat> a recent video that was published by uh, some some union group, uh, if it was some woman marching along. And she, she, she's like, oh, yeah, we have to drive races now at the workplace and we have to get rid of this and we have to get rid of that. Like, like we can't have people like that as part of our union. So, 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 what, so what they're basically saying is, like, if, if you have an opinion against, like, open borders or if you have an opinion against sex, edu- sex education, like, you, you can not only be driven out of your job, but you can be driven out of unions now as well. Have you been driven out of jobs? Uh, well, I've, people continuously harass my jobs non-stop, yes. Okay. Like, uh, like, like people stalk me on the streets every every single time I go up to Dublin City. I people stalk me. Uh, my people stalk me in line. Uh, people trying to fire, find out where I'm working constantly. It's uh, like trying to get me fired. Like simply just for for, for speaking my mind. Like I never had any issue before this. Uh, when when, like when you spoke your mind, Alan, did you speak it in a hateful way? Uh, I didn't consider it hateful in any shape or form. But like uh, to to be honest. Like, like Ireland is seen to be one of the funniest countries in the world. Like, we are a free, inclusive society. Like, like everybody has relative free, freedoms. 
uh, like there's plenty of places in the world that I could go to as an Irishman where I'd be at grave risk for just being an Irishman and my skin colour. So, for example, if I went to certain places of South, Af- South Africa, I'd be at grave risk. Uh, if I went to some places in Jamaica, I'd be at grave risk simply for, for being an Irishman. In regards to religious freedom, uh, as a Christian, I can't travel over to Mecca. Uh, if if I try to bring a Saudi, if I try to bring Holy Bible into Saudi Arabia, I won't be allowed. So like it, it, it isn't uh, as if we've actually come to the point in Irish society of where you actually have groups going around like picking people out uh, deliberately because of their race or their religion or, or because of their gender, and they're and they're specifically beating them or targeting them for that. And you you kind of think that. Okay, in a situation like that, if, if we did have instances like that in society, bringing hate, bring hate crime laws, but like we haven't even, even come near to that. Okay, I'm just trying to really focus on what we have existing, which predated much of the social media we have today, uh, and, and as such possibly doesn't cover all of it. But the old laws, as they stand, uh, or the current law, makes it an offence to possess hate material with intent to dispense it. Now, what I'm really trying to get at is, if you have hate material... Uh, on your phone and you have no intent to dispense it maybe it's just personally held the the new law apparently will allow the guards to to read your mind and say oh you have it so you intend to dispense it so we're arresting you well it's see like that, that that's all based upon per- perception as well like like everybody's obviously going to have a, a different perception of what they believe hate is and like that so obviously applying it will affect people differently so like what somebody might find funny, like somebody else might might find offensive. So and that's what it's going to boil down to. And uh, it's just going to come to a situation of where like you're going to have people walking on, on eggshells. Like it will lead to very wrongful prosecutions. Like for example, if 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 I had a, a meme of Leo Frasca on my phone, and if if I share that, and if two hundred people share that on Facebook. Like with all two two hundred of those people also be held accountable accountable for sharing careful material, and that's what people have to consider. That uh, it isn't just what's on that phone. If, if that's shared two hundred times, like that's also two hundred people who would also be said, "Oh well, you're just after sharing a meme." Lisa, your fractor doesn't like it. He deems it hateful. So it's like now we're going to prosecute you yeah. for that. Yeah, look, you're, you're you're old enough. I can tell that you had the original mobile phones when they were the bricks, and you know the, the the Nokia small ones. And you know you had a limit on the number of phone calls you could make, limit on the number of texts you could send. A text cost ten cent, and I'm I'm always convinced it was the phone companies writing all those jokes because you get those jokes and you could forward it to one person at a time at ten cent to go. But now it's yeah. videos. Now it's um, a very creative photoshopping and meme creation, and everyone listening today. If they're in any sort of a group, even a family group, will have funny stuff that's being shared. If that's found offensive, the entire Irish population could be guilty of. Yeah, it was, and like that, there was another thing that Fox News actually pointed out was the fact that, like, even in in a Christian religious beliefs, uh, like there is stances against, uh, like, the, like uh, the LGBT community, for example. So, so like they they could deem the Bible as actually being a hateful book uh, that has hateful context against the LGBT community. So it's like not only will every Christian be deemed as their morals and their religious beliefs are actually fundamentally against these people. Yeah, but if, if somebody sends me a hateful video, um, 
they would be or could be uh, guilty of spreading what's deemed to be speech or hateful content. I, I would not be having received it. Um, but now it seems you're going to have to delete it rather than hold it on your phone uh, because you're, you're going to be deemed to be in possession of it. And, and it could be read that you intended in the future. This is like the Minority Report movie with uh, Tom Cruise and um, the Irish guy, Colin Farrell, where, where the precogs, the precognitives, were, were getting him to arrest people before they committed murder. Yeah, well, see, I, I, I just have a feeling that it's, it's been more so used to to protect uh, certain political class. Like, for example, like if like you have Fine Gael, you have Fianna Fáil, like like the entire rest of the political establishments are either left wing or far left, and in, in a sense, like anything that is fearing or kind of grown up in between that, like if, if there is any movements outside of that spectra, like it's in, it's immediately called like far right. So, so like if, if you disagree with, with a policy that Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Green Party, Sinn Féin, People for Profits, those are Democrats, like that all of those political parties are for, like you're immediately marginalised and, and you're called like hateful, like you're, you're, you're called far right. Uh, you call your you call this you call that. I remember people so, protesting against uh, the lockdowns and protesting against the vaccinations and stuff were deemed to be far right, uh, when in, in essence they were exercising their right of free speech on a very deeply held personal feeling based on perhaps research uh, that they didn't want to be in a lockdown and they didn't want the vaccination, etc. Yeah, for, yeah. For for example, I, I, I protest myself during uh, during the lockdown. It's the main reason why I protest is because. Uh, I lost out on on, uh, on two job opportunities. Uh, I was meant to start working. Uh, it was a temporary contract in, in a manufacturing plant stands. And then after that, I was actually meant to travel over to China, ironically, uh, to take up a decent position over there. So, like, once, once like, the, the lockdowns occurred, like, I wasn't able to, to start either jobs, and I wasn't I wasn't entitled to PUP or anything, like, hands, even though, like, I signed a contract for the jobs. And... I went off, I looked at the situation, and I was just like, you know what, like, if imagine this happened to me back in, like, back in 2008 recession, and I had a car on the road, and if I had a roof over my head, like, I would be absolutely screwed, I would have lost absolutely everything. So, so I went off, and I got mad, like, I started processing, and I was just like, this is absolutely wrong. Like, like how many people is this after, like, completely screwed over, like, and there's no consideration, like, like for, for, for the people who, who were kind of stuck between the gaps like that. Mm. And, and then... And then, like the technical out protesting, like you, you people stand uh, on on the street opposite you, take what? pictures of you, take videos of you, like calling you conspiracy theorists, a Nazi, a racist, like far right supremacist, like all this other nonsense. Like, and that's what I'm saying, and that's what the problem is, is that these people can point a finger at you, call you like whatever the hell they they want, and then you have to prove that you're not it. Yeah, but would you would you have form, as it were, in 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 hate speech, considering you were captured on a video? Uh, as part of a group, admittedly, but uh, apparently, I haven't seen the video, insulting female passengers uh, in what appeared to be threatening behaviour. Is that what all this spreads from? No, well, well I, ironically, that woman on the loose, uh, she, she did that on purpose, uh, because if, if you actually look at where that video went, it actually ended up on this uh, media platform called The Beacon four hours later. So, like, so, so, so it's kind of a strange how... Found, found uh, its way uh, magically some, somewhere where it was meant to be. Yeah, and yeah, onto, like, some far-left extremist, like, uh, platform, like, like some of the most, like, like heavily far-left leading material. Yeah. So, so like, so, so she was a plant. Like, like, she went on to do specifically to take a video to post it up, like, just to make it out to be bad people. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I just had to ask you that at the end because we are going into, you know, fairly in-depth conversations here. But you reckon this is going to be used to manipulate? Uh, it's going to be used to monopolise the safety of the Irish political scene, perhaps? In other words, the government can pick and choose who, who they pick their fights with. Yeah, well, 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 well that's what it's boiling down to, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they, they, they obviously seem very content at the moment uh, to have some fame, people for profits, social democrats, as their opposition. Like, to to be honest, like, for, for the level of representation that, uh, that, that a party like people for profit gets, gets through the media, for example, like, for, for such a low, a low representation, it's all... Like they're throwing all over all over the airwaves, like like more than the necessary needs. Yeah. So I've got to leave it there, Alan. We've covered a lot of ground. Thanks very much. Yeah, very Talk to you soon again. Thanks a million. Twenty-seven after ten now. Good morning. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. Morning, 29 minutes after 10. Mick Mulcahy on the Neil Prenderville show. Let's get back to our phone lines and to line three. Good morning, Joe. Hi, hi, Mick. Uh, thanks for holding there over, over the uh, commercial break. You were reckoning this new hate speech law is extremely dangerous as a piece of legislation. Yes, it's, the problem is the unintended consequences of these of these laws and how it would probably take six months or so or whenever. And then you have a situation where they're used. I mean, the water protest is a good example of what could happen. There is no doubt that if a law like that existed, that it would be used against the water protesters. Um, that's that's the danger, and you won't probably see the consequences of this until there is some case brought up. You know, I mean, vetting is a good example of how the vetting situation can be used. Uh, given the example that a child, it was brought in for child abuse, but I know somebody who lost their job and had nothing to do with child abuse. And we were talking to a solicitor about that situation and she maintained that this vetting thing was right, it was right out of control and they could use it for what they liked. You know, that, that's the fear. So for, so, for instance, if uh, people are out protesting, as many thousands did, about water charges, that would be yes. seen to be, you know, an anti-government protest and you could be in trouble. Well, Are we, are we it, becoming a totali- totalitarian state then? Well, that's, well, the thing, what's amazing about this thing is that, uh, first of all, the media, there is no, you're the only ones covering that this which is amazing for a change of the law like this, you know. I mean, people would just want to wake up and, and understand how dangerous this could be. I mean, there was an incident, um, the jail reported on, where um, somebody had a, an argument with a, a, another person in a car park in the city, and um, they were found guilty of 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 that that incident, you know, and I mean, those incidents can cause you to lose your job, your career, you know, I mean, this is, and this will go under the radar because it'll happen in some court. Mm. So, social media history about. is very, very off-putting to potential employers when it comes to they doing their research on potential employees. That's why a, a, a lot of, uh, I see a lot of young women actually on Facebook who are changing their names now to their, uh, to their Irish spelling 
so, so that their actual English names can't be traced, uh, you, you know, if they're out partying or whatever. It gives it gives a kind of a, an impression of something that's maybe not put across in an interview. So, you know, all this kind of stuff can be dangerous. There, there's, there's a case as well where a man was found guilty of hate crime uh, for filming his dog, filming his dog doing Nazi salutes. Mark Meacham's clip was viewed more than three million times on YouTube. Uh, and he put it up there and has been convicted of committing a hate crime. Uh, he recorded his girlfriend's pug dog, whose name is Buddha, responding to statements, um, which I won't say, but they, they are, you know, they would be offensive to, to the Jewish community, uh, shall we say, by raising its paw in a Nazi salute. Police al- uh, alerted, this is in the UK, by the way, uh, and he was arrested for allegedly committing a hate crime. So if this gets through without debate and discourse, like we're giving it today on the radio, we could be in some, you know, very tricky ground legally uh, when it starts to flex its muscles and starts to be interpreted by the uh, judiciary. Um, that, that's just, you know, and, and that's not a personal feeling. I'm, ju- I'm just trying to create the debate around it here. But could I'm, what I'm really asking is, could free speech end with these new hate speech laws? Well, I mean, the fear, I mean, the, the problem is the fear, the fear of anything like this. I mean, uh, I mean, you can, I mean, you can imagine the Gardaí deciding to use it. It would, it would be the law, so you could use it. Can you imagine trying to train the Gardaí on the intricacies of it? They have enough to be dealing with. Now, I know it's important uh, that uh, sections of society are protected from hate speech and hate crime. Um, but the problem here with the, with the legislation is it's so vague. And when something is vague, it has overarching powers. Yeah, but who is it protecting them? I mean, this is, the, this is the question as well. Who, As I said before, is it, is it, is it just designed to protect the body politic? I, it's, I mean, it's interesting also that Sinn Féin have nothing to say on this one. You know, it would be very interesting. Well, the week is young. You never know. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get in touch with them. Joe, thanks for your contribution. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank okay. You. Th- thanks. Okay, Maureen. G- good morning to you. Hi, Maureen. Hi. Oh, good morning, Mick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank God. You would contend that freedom of speech is everybody's right. It is, and first of all, thank you for opening up the discussion. Pleasure. That we need to have. Yes. What's Anything your position you on say, it? Oh, um, well, my position is number one: I won't be shutting up. I have no intention of it. People talk about democracy. Democracy, the basis of democracy was always freedom of speech. And in this country, going back for a few years, democracy began to disappear slowly. I noticed that. Mm. And people say, oh, well, we live in a republic and we live in a democracy. At the moment, we live in neither. What you were talking about, a totalitarian state, I call it autocracy. Is what we're living under. Mm. It's, it's becoming and increasingly to, red, red, red it, tape to, to, it is, to live it, in it Ireland. It is, and it is. Now, this hate speech, hate crime, what comes, what's the difference between a hate crime and hate speech? There's a big difference. Well, hate, hate, hate being, speech can be used to incite uh, and therefore create hate crime. Yeah, well, you see, hate speech is, what they're calling hate speech is somebody's opinion. But it seems that my opinion and other people's opinions, we will be the ones who will be the hateful ones. And we've seen that already. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain it. I was explaining it last Wednesday to Neil himself. 
so for example, I'm in a toilet and a man comes in in a dress and he claims he's a woman. And I say to him, this is not your toilet. You have no right to be here. And he, sa- and he says, don't you oppress me. Yes, I am the one who is going to be accused of being hateful. And I try to explain this. We've seen it happen. It has happened. It, it has happened in the UK. It has happened in the States. It has happened all over. I am the one who is going to be hateful because I refuse to recognize a man in a dress as a woman. Now, okay. I'm going to be done but right there. If you, ad- if you have- advocate free speech, Maureen, then, yes. then, then you must also recognize that people have a right to free expression to free religious expression? They, they do. To free gender identity expression? They do. But the, you see, there comes a point. I want uh, women, the women themselves, we are being eroded. We are being shut out. We are expected to put up with everything and anything. And a, a, a toilet or anywhere, you know, where women are, it should be their safe space. What, what, what is your so definition? What what, what's your definition of a woman? Adult human female. Adult human female, I would agree. Yes. That is the, well, that I, is but the I, I don't take for a moment anybody's right, born male or female, because, you know, it's up to themselves. <laughs> I, I wouldn't take away anybody's right to express what they believe they are, um, but I would also defend my right to not have to accept that uh, as long as I don't do it in a hateful way. I mean, it's, well, exactly. But I would, you see, I, we, I would be the one there, I would be the one right there who was in the wrong, because I won't accept that situation, and I shouldn't have to. But this is, what people don't see, this is to me, is an evil, it's a vicious agenda. It's mm. being pushed, it's being pushed on our children. There are books in our libraries and in our schools that no child should be reading. And that, this is coming directly, there is another report from the United Nations and the World Health Organization is being pushed. This is worldwide. And these are being pushed in the schools and in the libraries and they're calling it sex education. It is not. It is an agenda. This report has come out. They want children to have sexual partners. I actually made a video of it because I do that as well, Mick. It's on my Facebook page. This is vicious. Absolutely vicious. What protection have little girls got? Children in, like I said, if my grandchildren were with me in that toilet. I'm protecting them. They shouldn't have to see this. That should be their safe space. And another thing, I was, was it Alan was I, on yeah. earlier? Yeah, Alan. Um, yeah, yeah, well, he, I was, I was agreeing with him. But, now, he did say there should be no place for homophobia. Now, what is homophobia? Phobia in itself, word means fear. Right? I do not. Agree. With, with, with homosexuality. I'm being very clear here. I do not agree with it. It doesn't make me homophobic because I don't fear people. I do not agree. Mm -hmm. But these labels, homophobic, far right, bigot, anything else you want to call people, they're just labels. They're words. Sticks and stones. Yes, you're, 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 you're holding a deeply seated opinion. You're, you're, yes, holding, you're holding a deeply seated opinion. Uh, and, yes. and, and I imagine that could, come, could stem from maybe some religious belief. That's the way, that's the way you were brought up. And, 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 and whereas you've, you've nothing personal against homosexuals, you are not homophobic. 
I'm not, no, of course I'm not homophobic. Because there again, you have to listen to words. The phobia was added on, instead of on to the homo, which makes it telling me, I'm telling people, oh, you're afraid of them, and all this. It's absolute nonsense. Mm. And like like with arachnophobia, you're, with arachnophobia, you're, you're, you're yeah. hugely in fear of spiders. Yes, yes. Yeah well, I have a, yeah, well, that's a phobia. It's a fear of the spider. Okay. The def- fear of the spider may be going to bite me. That the is definition a of homophobia, Maureen, thanks, guys, is, uh, is the fear, hatred, discomfort with, or mistrust of people who are lesbian, gay, or bisexual. Evidently, you are not homophobic. No. But this is what I'm being labelled. You don't fear them. You don't hate, hate them. No. You may have I a little discomfort in, in their company, perhaps. You may mistrust no. them, or maybe not. But you're not homophobic uh, yes. of them. Yes, you see, it's the words. People need to listen to words that are being used. Mm-hmm. And people are and people are very clever with words. I, 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 I respect anybody's right to identify. Uh, you know, um, I, let me give you an example. I identify as a millionaire. Let, let the two of us meet and go into the local bank. And we'll have a good yeah, laugh. Yeah. We'll have a good laugh when, when, when the bank manager comes out yeah. and I try to withdraw all the money. He's, he'll he'll yeah. be saying, are, are you for real? Just yeah. because I identify yeah. as a millionaire doesn't mean I am one and patently I'm not. Exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, you, you broach on the subject like, did, did my belief could it come from religious belief? Well, yes, it does. I'm Catholic. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't agree with it. But there are many people out there, atheists, who don't agree with it. Right? We're just talking on this particular subject now. Mm. But all that this, this bill is going to do is, say, for example, our priests in their church, where we, saw, we saw it happen with Father Sheehy. Our priests now will not be able to stand up and give a sermon in their own church because that would be deemed as hate. This is where we're going. There will be no radio talk shows because you can't have an opposing opinion. And they want everybody to watch that, watching their P's and Q's. And you know, Mick and I know, if you get in a heated debate or argument, people are not watching their P's and Q's. But Maureen, therein lies the death of a republic. Well, we are not in a republic, are we? If we can't do this anymore. If we can't debate, right. we can't have a free press. Yes, yes And we can't not. have, uh, with some yeah. exceptions, if we can't have free speech, um, yes. we're in very you're dangerous not. ground. Yeah, or not. It's, it's autocracy. It's even gone beyond, beyond communism. I was looking at all that was happening for quite a while, and I'm saying, this is straight out of the, the communist handbook, the, the manifesto. It's not. It's, it's, it's going beyond that. And um, it doesn't look good. And I mean, I mean, uh, what, what, the next generation coming up, even the children, I even look at my grandchildren, you know, things they say, and but, well, they're not going to grow up free like we did, Nick. Nobody is going to. I remember when if this is what you have to do. I'm going to move on, Maureen. But I remember when you know when we were going to school, the biggest debate that that uh, parents worried about sexual education were having is at what age do we introduce little Johnny and Mary to the concept of the birds and the bees? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a minefield. Uh, I'd I'd hate to be at that stage again of I parenthood. Yeah, yeah, Maureen. Thank you. Th- thank you very okay, much. Nick. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Bye bye. John O'Donovan's been holding. Good morning, John. Morning, Nick. How are you? Very good. You're delighted this is being signed through the Doyle, are you? I'd well, say not. <laughs> well, definitely. Um, and of course, it's amazing that like, we seem to have no opposition at the moment. I mean, Sinn Féin seem to be going along with everything. Like, I mean, um, Paul Murphy, there very recently got in 
all right, to read because people turned up for say his his home up in Dublin, right? Yet this is the same Paul Murphy who labelled people, which now I mean uh, this whole bill now I mean just extends all that out. He labelled people, ordinary decent people in their area, that were concerned about the amount of people that were coming into their area, and they voiced their opinion. They went out in the street. They were then labelled by one Paul Murphy, uh, that not, not just far right, Mick, but extreme far right. So, I mean, like, does that mean Paul Murphy is guilty of hate speech against those people? How far do you extend it out? Well, you, you probably don't extend it out to um, to deny dull privilege, so there will be a lot of stuff that could be said within... Well, well you see, Michal Martin, I don't know about that, he made statements in the Dáil, again, like many more, under privilege, but he won't make them in public, or Leo Varadka won't make them in public, because then they will find themselves in a court of law standing in front of a judge, having to defend what they have said, and they won't do that, but they can stand up in the Dáil at any stage, and under Dáil privilege, say A, B and C, but yet no, the public out here, the general public, right, are no, uh, it's like we've moved to North Korea because we can't have an opinion anymore. Not alone, no, if you're, it can't with literature, or, or if you're handing stuff we sell in town and a girl comes along, asks to see that literature, right, and, and deems it to be hate speech, we can ask for your name and address, they can then get a warrant and they can go to your house, right, they can confiscate every single electronic device you have, and if you won't give them the passcodes, you will get a jail sentence for that as well, added on to your already uh, hateful speech for, for what they put down to be. So, I mean, this is, and as a gas protest, I think there's an under, underlying um, motive here, Mick. And I think it's because there's a lot of disgrace with the last couple of years as a gas against the government. Your constituency office has been picketed, your politicians have been harassed online, harassed offline, politicians' homes have been, been picketed, the whole lot. And I really think, and again, you had the exclusion zones to be brought in as a guard to stop pro-lifers from praying or say hospitals or GPs, which I knew damn well they could never bring in because if they brought in that, you can't pick and choose what protest that you're going to ban and not ban. But this thing now that's brought in, this is the most dangerous piece of legislation ever. This can affect freedom of speech, it can affect freedom of protest, freedom of assembly, which are allowed and expression under our constitution, right? So somebody will have to, with a few bob in their pocket, uh, we'll have to get a group together, we'll have to take this through the courts, because this is undemocratic, this is pure uh, North Korean stuff. Like, I mean, you, you recently protested, funds. John, did you recently protested outside of GP's practice about abortion? Yeah, I did. There was two of us there, yeah. Yeah, 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 I did indeed. And I will continue to do so. And I make no apology whatsoever. And under the, constitu- the Constitution, I'm allowed to practice my religion in public. Anyone from the world can come here. I had a Muslim man re- recently with Neil there, and he was saying what a great country it is that he can practice his religion. And I'm delighted for him. But you can't penalize John Eden for praying outside an abortion center, either GP or hospital with one other or by themselves, right? And pray for the unborn and say abortion is wrong, abortion is killing. I mean, if you're going to do that, that means that I have no say anymore in my own country. And that's not good. I will do the time for this thing. Okay, I will do the time. And well, can I, can I ask you a, a hypothetical question then? Uh, a young lady who was raped and whose life was in danger attending that GP's practice to facilitate uh, an abortion, who might find your protest hateful. How would you feel about well, you that? See, when the girls came along, uh, which they usually do, but they just go through a box-ticking exercise because they know they can't move us, right? The thing is, 
nobody going in and out there and any protest I've been involved in outside any hospital or any GP that's dispensing abortion tablets or moving people along down the line to get an abortion, I would not allow anyone to be raised, any patient coming in or out, the doctor, he or she themselves, go on the premises, be written, cause any criminal damage whatsoever. It will not happen under my watch. It's peaceful protest, peaceful praying for the unborn and we'll have a right to be there. Mm. And th- th- this legislation has come in open. Deem me now. If someone says no, I'm upset by that. I believe that's hatred towards me. Just because I have a thing and a cross on top of it, and one or two others are there, and we are praying for the unborn. You had a situation over there in Ealing, in England, there, where a lady on her own was praying outside in a abortion clinic, and she was arrested. Right? She wasn't even praying out loud, Nick. But they said the very fact that she was praying in her head silently was enough. And she was brought before the courts. I was deemed to be a crime. Yeah. Is that where we want to go? No, I don't think that's I mean, where we want to go at all. Um, in the name of Christ, I mean, I pass my mother's buried out in St. Finbar's graveyard, and I go there at least twice a week. And I passed the Republican plot in there, right? where Max Sweeney is buried there on McCutton. Those fantastic heroes. And Tom Barry outside of the Republican plot. Fantastic people. The likes we'll never see again, unfortunately, right? What would they make of this? I think that lady was arrested a second time, was she? Was her name Maureen? Uh, And and she was accused of praying. But she said, I was praying silently. No, it's the praying is the offence. Isabel, her name is Isabel. Yeah, but whether she was paying silently or whether she was paying out loud, I mean, she's entitled to me to practice her religion. I guarantee if there's any other religion, they wouldn't go next to the others. But I mean, it's the same old story all the time. Batter the Christians, batter the Catholics into the ground, right? But this legislation and the amount of people that voted, I think there's 110 votes, yes, and 15 no's, right? That's an absolute disgrace. This thing, like, you know, is going to the Shannon because the House of Waffle, where everything is rubber stamped anyway, and no questions asked because we all know who's in there. Politicians that fail before the electors and are now inside the House of Waffle. Okay. But John, I mean, John let, let, is, let's look at this protester and this protest uh, in isolation before we, before we wrap up. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Isabel Vaughan Spruce and Birmingham's authorities have established what they're calling a buffer zone around abortion clinics. That makes it illegal for an individual to engage in any act or attempted act of approval or disapproval as it relates well, to abortion. And that includes verbal or written means like prayer or counselling. And well, Isabel Vaughan Spruce said, I'm not protesting, I'm not engaging in any of the activities prohibited. Uh, she told officers during her second encounter... But what they told her is, you're praying, you're engaging in prayer, even silent, that's an offence. Well, to me, like, you know, I've had this over several guards, like, they've told Thanks, me, no, they've been, they've been courteous, no one ever the guards, but I always have to point it out to them, right, where sovereign other citizens, like, we're of the Republic of Ireland, right, this is the public footpath, right, which I own, every single public footpath in this town, uh, I own, and every other citizen of Cork. You can clean them up, would you? Uh, well, sometimes you have to sweep there, John. The ground, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> but the whole thing about it, right? Uh, you cannot enforce, like Simon Hallis has tended to do it to start, now Danley, that other waste of space, he'd be better off. He looked after the alien, the witness, was trying to bring in exclusion zones. You cannot, to me, bring in exclusion zone on the public footpath. I have a right to stand in a public footpath anywhere I like, and whether I'm holding a sign or not is immaterial. Mm. And if they bring in this, and if they go after people in hate speech, I mean, let's be honest, if they want a war on this, they can really give them a war. J- John, before, before we go, it would be remiss of me not to ask you, what did you make of the Irish political attendees at the coronation over the weekend? Well, 
I know, no, you could say they probably went over this time as equals, right? Michael D. Higgins and Ratker, and I'm not sure that Martin Gunnar, he probably did. But the whole thing, I didn't watch one bit of coverage of it, like I said, I don't believe in monarchy. So I, I don't know how the British people actually even put up with this kind of thing and all the sorts of problems they have, the state of the NHS, school strikes, nurses strikes, doctor strikes. I mean, that country's in disarray. Did, did, Ms. did mean, Michelle O'Neill of Sinn Féin go? She did, yeah. But I mean, the, the whole thing about it, like, she shouldn't have gone. She'd be more uh, better online to stay at home now and try and get the assembly up and running than say running over there like as a so-called Republican, when they won't even take their seats, they, they have their seats to take them in Parliament over there, but they refuse point blank. But yet she goes over on the day. And this is, by the way, to appease the Unionists. No, it's not. It's not to appease the Unionists. This is all about Sinn Féin. And a lot of people in Sinn Féin regard uh, the current regime there like in this pure traitors. But it, doesn't it beg the question, isn't she tacitly giving her approval or endorsement of... The sovereign, King Charles of the United Kingdom, this ha- is, this ha- is, having realm this, over a part of this island. This is it. She's recognising the authority of, of, the, of the British monarchy to still have jurisdiction. And this is the same man, remember, Prince Charles, who was head of the paratroopers. That was his rank. The same paratroopers had bloody Sunday, murdered in cold blood, talking Peter and Derry. This is the same man who did she even to He was the symbolic head, head of uh, the parish regiment, but, but he, he, continu- he continues to wear the emblem. He continues to wear the badge. But, yeah, but, and didn't she cause a central Republican? I'm sorry, Tom Barry must be turning in his grave. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks a million, John. Thank you. John and Thank you. Thanks a million. Back in a moment, it is seven minutes to 11 now. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Good morning from the Neil Brinderville Show and good morning to Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hi, how are you? Very good. Hey, Speech, what's your feeling on it? Um, I'm quite angry, actually, because the Irish people, for the last four years, to be honest, this isn't just now, they've taken their eye off the ball. And you see, that's why they gave us technology. They gave us all the materialistic. Everybody's so busy out with their materialistic side. And they've taken their eye off the government for the last four years. It's not just now, for generations, for the last couple of decades. The government have planned all this out with the World Economic Forum. And where it's going to get really serious is the government are trying to pass a bill as well. Or our bodily autonomy, through the the World Economic Forum, the WHO, um, where all this is going to go is down the line, if there's a so-called, as I call it, pandemic, because that's what it was. The WHO, the who is the this, World Health Organisation? The World Health Organisation. And the World Economic Forum and the WHO over the pandemic, as they call it, but to me, it's the pandemic. And where this is going to go is and all these hate speech laws, you see, the government aren't tuned in enough to see what's really going on. This has been planned for so long that they're going to erase all your democratic rights, the freedom of speech, hate with their hate speech laws, but it's not to protect us, the people. It's to control and us, you, you, you would contend. Is, is, is there a bit of a conspiracy theorist? Control. Is, are you a bit of a conspiracy theorist? And you know what, even if you say that to me now, I'll take that as a compliment, because that means you're doing your research. That you're watching what's going on. So I take that as a compliment. I, I, I do, but I, 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 I don't believe Bill Gates is trying to eradicate half of the world's population either. Well, I'm telling you now, I spoke with Neil several times, a couple of years back actually. I went out protesting like many others. 
And I can tell you now, when I spoke up at the time, I got called conspiracy theorists. I got called every name under the sun, as what Maureen just said there. But you exercised your you right one, to free speech. Exactly. And during this so-called pandemic, the same happened when we went out protesting. I, for one, got followed, like many others, with police and everything. And that was just the start of it. And that was a mild version of it. And where all this is going is, if another so-called pandemic comes into play, the WHO, which the government are trying to pass legislation for, will have the right, total control, that you won't have a say whether you want to take a vaccine or not. Now, there's millions dead all over the world, and there's thousands injured in Ireland this minute, through clotting, through strokes and everything. And all those people and families won't speak up because they're afraid to speak up, because that's what the government have done to them with their fear tactics day in and day out. And the Irish people need to get off the technology, get away from their materialistic and keep their eye on the ball and they need to rise up fast because Uh, there'll be nothing left. All right, Sharon, unfortunately there is where I have to leave it or the newsroom will kill me. But thank you very much. Of course you do, yeah, of course you do. I have to do. 11 11 o'clock is 11 o'clock and we have a news bulletin. I'm going to play a commercial break. And go to news. I'm not cutting you off. We can, you can come on again after 11 if you wish, okay? Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. The Neil Prenderville Show. Red FM. And lots of people wanting to get Sharon back on the line, which we were trying to do. We uh, did try to contact her, uh, but no answer. So if Sharon wants to come on when I have more time uh, to give her, I couldn't uh, coming up to the 11 o'clock news. She's more than welcome to uh, get back in touch and we'll put her back on the air. But we have tried to, uh, having got some text to say, put her back on. Now, I've got a mountain of text to get through. And I also want to mention our Monday munchies on the Neil Prendival show, Offbeat Donuts. Uh, do you and your crew need a Monday pick-me-up? Well, we're offering uh, you could start the week on a high and hit the sweet spot on the Neil Prendival show by scoring a box of delicious donuts for you and your workmates from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. Text or WhatsApp 86 106 and uh, tell us who you are and where you're working and most importantly, why you and your colleagues uh, deserve to get these beautiful array of donuts. The patrollers will deliver up to five boxes to a business every Monday. That's 60 donuts. Offbeat donuts are creating circles of obsession uh, and making moments of magic. Their store, of course, uh, is on French Church Street and uh, a random selection of donuts. You get a big mixture, but they'll include praline cream, chocolate ganache, uh, we have uh, red velvet, salted caramel pecan, off-beats jam, and many, many more. So well done to everyone who texted in today. Let's give you a selection. We can't call everybody out. Uh, we work at the Orchid Centre, CUH. We deserve a lovely sweet treat. That's from Shirley. Everyone at Walsh Applications in Little Island. It's Monday. We could all do it a bit of a lift, says John Mulcahy Heat Merchants in North Point Business Park. Uh, we'd love the donuts for all the gang in Prophotonics, Prophotonics in Little Island. We'd love to win the donut box. We work at the Mercy Hospital for the IBD Clinic Gastroenterologist Consultants Team of Admin Secretaries and Nurses. We'd absolutely love this Monday treat, says Kelly. Our gang is, without a doubt, the best around. Cathy Downey at Kevin O'Leary Centre in Douglas. We at Middleton Credit Union would love to win the free donuts. We deserve them because some of the girls have gone on holidays and it's not fair on us left behind. We'd love some moments of joy with offbeat donuts. Uh, Martin was 60 last week. Barry is 40 this week. Both have sweet tooths for old men. Uh, so says Stephen in Stryker Carrick Tool. We love the donuts for Cork City Community First Responders. 
who will be uh, who will do an upgrade exam tonight could do it a bit of a sugar hit they're on call 24-7-365 all on a voluntary basis says Tony O'Brien Ashling here working in VPG Cork in the Dosco Industrial Estate South Douglas Road we deserve the Monday munchies because we're working hard every day to save animals lives in a diagnostic lab well done guys I'm Rita Law uh, one of the hard working teachers in Loretto Secondary School for Moy all great fans of Red FM we'd love to be honoured with your food we'd love donuts to celebrate finishing calving. You get them all, don't you, from across the spectrum of the community. Such a busy but rewarding time of the year for all calving. Uh, that's Lauren Ross at Tour Farm and a couple more. Hi, my name is Katie and I'm a teacher at St. Gabriel's Special School in Bishopstown. I'd love for my school to have a Monday pick-me-up with offbeat donuts because our school team are amazing and work so hard in supporting our wonderful pupils and their families. We're not a school to blow our own trumpet, but our team says they blowing their own trumpet. Our team are in a league of their own in what we do, and I do think they deserve a Monday treat. I'm out of school today on a course, but I'd love the rest of the staff to be treated. How kind of you. And one more. Hi, this is Kieran and Sarah here in Collins Barracks in Cork. We're in work since 8am, and we said we'd chance our arms for the donuts. Offbeat Donuts in French Church Street. We'll give you one more chance to get those texts in. Text or WhatsApp 86 106 and we have other texts as well uh, coming through, uh, just f- uh, being generated by the programme. Uh, some of them on hate speech. Can she give an example of what she can say now, but could no longer say when this bill has passed? Uh, this is referring to a previous caller. I have the idea that all this noise is because these right-wing nutters want to be free to offend whoever they want, says a texture. The hate speech law going through the Doyle and Shannon is the first nail in the coffin of democracy. Its main aim is to stop criticism of politicians. Uh, says Pat. It's communism. We need to rise up like the people of France and Haiti. Hi Mick, we're going to turn into North Korea. Uh, this government is a joke. Our freedom of speech is being taken away. Our country is being flooded with illegal immigrants with no passports and no documents and our government thinks this is fine. The freedom fighters who fought for our country would turn in their grave. So says Mary Jane. Uh, once again, we tried to ring Sharon. She hasn't picked up. Uh, if she wants to get back on the air, no problem. 0818 106. Uh, now we're going to uh, go back to the topic of the uh, non-appearance uh, of the uh, big GEA game at the weekend and uh, figure out why, uh, if we can, it was different programming uh, that uh, was offered as uh, a selection and was extendedly offered as well because it was on for hours and hours. John Arnold is on line one. Hi, John. Hello, how are you? Very good. What did you think of uh, the coronation at the weekend and a no GEA game? <laughs> yeah, because in fairness, for the British people, the combination was a great bit of entertainment. But imagine, imagine if someone in the BBC or, or whoever's in charge of all that business in England had decided, well, no, we won't have it now. Here, but you can watch it on some kind of a computer and pay 10 euros or pay 10 pounds or pound sterling. They'd be uproar. And to be the very same, and like what happened in Ireland Saturday and the week before, to be the very same as if someone in England said, Well, the National won't be seen free to air. You know, or, or if, I'm not a soccer man, but if Manchester United and Liverpool were playing at the <clears throat> top of the Premiership game, it won't be free to air. It's an absolute joke, and, and I mean, I'd, I'd have to agree. Totally with what Don Locke Joseph said last night in RT television. He was talking about holding needing oxygen and people say this is a strange phrase. People are strange phrase. Holding is a kind of a unique game because first of all, it's not an international game. It's very much old game. It's very much an Irish game. It's an Irish sport. It's national pastime. And I mean, in years past, 
you know, a couple of years ago, there, there was a divvy up of games between RT and Sky, and some got some and some didn't, and you'd have to pay for some and that others. Sky left the scene in, so everybody, including myself, had been hoping that what we'd have in more widespread coverage of the games. And now, with, with them gone, what we have is less coverage, which is an absolute, an absolute disgrace. And I couldn't, I couldn't say a word strong enough. And I mean, like this game. These fixtures, these round robin fixtures, I'm not a fan of it, but these round robin fixtures were announced last, I have to top of my head, I would say maybe October, November, December definitely. So, so everybody knew, and I mean, let's, let's guess it, whether you're a Hulling fan or a GF fan or a sports fan, just an ordinary sports fan, Cock and Keep and Hulling, like Cock and Carrying Football or like Dublin playing Nice a few years ago, it's just a standout fixture, a standout fixture, and everybody presumed when the fixtures would be made and divvied out between whatever deal is done between our team and the GA that could be available for everybody to see. And I mean, there's been arguments in the past, maybe, maybe that could be saying, oh God, if you had live coverage, it would mitigate against the crowd and to bring the crowd. That's only nonsense when it comes to cock and tip. As you know, all the stand tickets were sold out for Saturday night, and I'd be, I'd be, I, I, I'd bet me bottom dollars if there was another 20,000 stand tickets available, they'd have been sold. I was left with a handful of terrorist tickets. Personally, I wasn't able to go because we, 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 we on our own J Club, we, we were full raiser on here at the moment, and we were doing, making films on Saturday so I can get to that meeting in the coast at 7 o'clock. But for fans at home, but even if I had decided to watch it at home on Saturday, on my own computer, I probably couldn't have watched it. Didn't even so much the money, but we'd have buffering. We have very bad broadband reception. You might get it, you mightn't get it. So like, and even still, top of that in, watching it on a, a computer, a laptop, a 12 by 12. Not, not the same. Let, let's, right, let, let's have a listen to Dunlough Cusack, of course, former Cork goalkeeper and all-star winner, uh, speaking last night on the Sunday game on RTE. So hang on a second there. Here's Dunlough. Hurling needs oxygen. Right, it's and I, I have no issue with pay per view. That's part of the landscape, and it, it has its role to play. But if you look at um, by next weekend when Clare play Warford, four of the biggest Munster Championship games will have been on pay per view. The GA have introduced this microwave hurling championship, this compressed season, where there's eleven weekends of hurling. I would say three or four of those. No, you're not going to have any games on on free to air, and you have to ask. Who is accountable for the promotion of hurling? Because whoever it is, is not doing a good job. The GA took on trusteeship of it. It looks as if they're actually shrinking the grain instead of growing it. And I would say, you'd have to question, are RTE and the GA exploiting hurling? How many games, how many months of championship games in the football compared to the hurling, hurling have they showed? It looks very like that they're using hurling to get this giant venture off the ground, whereas it should be the other way around. There's loads, hundreds, thousands of brilliant, brilliant volunteers out in the game who are trying to grow hurling. As I said at the outset, it needs oxygen. There's no better oxygen that you'll get in the game than the imagery coming out of the likes of Tip and Clare from a full Innes, that being beamed into every house in Ireland. The Clare and Limerick game, the power of that. My, my nephew, my father told me lately, can name all of the Liverpool squad. I don't think the influence was ever in Liverpool. Why is that? The opportunity we've lost over the last number of weeks to market the game has been huge, not to mention last night. And all the kids, I mentioned them at the start, going down to the match with their, with their hurlies and so on, was brilliant. But what about all the kids that were trying to introduce into the game, trying to grow the game, trying to bring new demographics into it? We've lost a huge opportunity over the last number of weeks. And I would say that the GA has failed hurling at this stage. I take it, John, you would fully agree with Don Logue there. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And even just from our own personal point of view, we'd have led playing in the senior team, Brian Roach, with young fella playing in the halftime game. So those people in this parish and all over East Coast, they wouldn't have been able to be at the match, would have just presumed they could sit down and watch it. And his point is well made. His point is well made. There isn't an international, there isn't an EU, there isn't a world organisation to promote holding. There isn't anybody else that gives a quit about holding. The people that founded the GA are supposed to be, the, like he said, the custodians of holding. They're supposed to be the people. And whatever about football, and football is very widespread across the whole 32 counties of Ireland, every one of the counties, but holding isn't. Holding is, and, 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 and people devote to me for calling it a jewel and something precious and something rare. Please, but things like that, things like that need, as he, he used the word oxygen, a well-picked word, but they just need promotion. And like his point about soccer, we wall-to-wall soccer on channels, multi-channel every kind of television. And I'm not against it. Fair play to the people that promote soccer and fair play to the people that promote rugby. But there's a kind of an apartheid within the jail. Like, like, if someone, how could anybody in second class anybody make the decision? Uh, uh, what about the Clare and Limit match and the Cock and Zipper? What do you mean, we want to give them? We want to give them beyond free here. We want to give them beyond Oh, God, no, we want. No, it can't be just about grasping for money. For the simple reason, in fairness, now people will be giving out about this much maligned government during during the, the COVID years when we had no income into the J. There was no income for matches. There was nobody there. In fairness to the J, they stumped up good money and they gave it to the J and gave it to us to, to provide money to keep the association going. And now the thanks we give, not alone to the government, but to the people of Ireland, is that we try and prevent, prevent, that's what they're doing, until the J make the decision. Well, was own. it a GA decision or, or a broadcaster decision not, not, not to broadcast? Oh, I, oh, I presume it's a giant venture between the two. I mean, the J have the rights to the matches, so I presume it's the J decide that they allow that match or they don't allow that match in conjunction in the past was with TJ Cahal. Sky and RT, it looks like Sky have left the scene now. TJ Cahal do an excellent job in covering the, uh, the league matches, the club matches. They're, obviously, they haven't the rights for these. But like, and, and like Don Logg's point is well made as well. You haven't, you haven't hundreds of high-profile holding matches because of the scarcity of holding matches, inter-county matches. It's not in Connacht, and it's not also widespread inter-county matches. So, like, these ones we have are limited enough. So, like, everybody should be encouraged. Everybody should be encouraged to watch these matches. And, like, we've had one-sided cock and tip matches in the past, and we've one-sided cock and limerick, limerick and clear matches in the past. But we know it's with this round robin, and I'm not, personally, I'm not a fan of this, this split season at all. But that's the way it is now once it's decided. But surely they got, when they knew these fixtures, they'd be saying, Led, this is a game everybody would want to watch. Sports fans, even if they're nothing to do with GF, they're not members of the J Club, everybody would want to watch that match because of the, because of the, the high-profile closeness of the teams. At, at the moment in Leinster, you could say, Galway and Kilkenny, look, at this head of everyone else in Munster, it's dog-eat-dog. I remember when I started going to matches first and back in the early 1970s, Cock and Tip dominated, Limerick now and then, Clare wouldn't have the Wasford well, going through the doldrums. That's all changed. Now you're the five counties in Munster and each of them, any of them, there's three places up for grabs that are going to be doggy dog and those matches are outstanding what, matches. What about, and I mean, the J, John, the what, what, what about, and a lot of um, currency has been, has been made and a lot of texts and a lot of complaints about those people... That the age cohort who don't have the technical ability uh, to tune into these pay-per-view firewall uh, protected services and and not to mention pay what is it a twelve euro extra charge or something? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's it's, it's part of like the hidden agenda. It's maybe the same thing as the people who haven't access to online bank accounts and can't pre-buy tickets and they're being forced if you can't rock up to Parky Quay for Parky 
ring or any other major venue and if you can rock up with your pre-bought ticket let's stay at home it's a, a scandalous situation and yeah, that came out of COVID but like there's a, there's a whole cohort of people I mean I'm pinching age I'm 66 and I can type on a computer and I can work a computer but as we get going online and printing credit card details and getting that and you've only so much time to do it and you've enough other things to do I, I, I couldn't say I'd be very savvy in, in, in that whole area and there are whole swathes I could tell you pockets of places around East Cork North Cork and West Cork where there's no internet coverage whereas even if you had the most yeah. tech savvy person in the world they John, wouldn't be able to our, get the system John your age aside I can feel the passion in your voice you're in Bartlemy are you? Yeah, I'm in Bathroom, that's right, Jen. Bride Rovers. Bride Rovers, yeah. In the hat of holding East Cock. And, and I've been going, like, I saw my first cock and tip match back in 1972, and I hadn't missed too many of them. I was sorry, I just couldn't circumstances. I couldn't make it on sad night. But at least I was saying, the, 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 the plan I had when I had this, I, I presumed to be an RT, was I was going to watch the match first, and if I was about half the stairs at night, I wouldn't mind that for one summer's evening, but all those were trapped that I ended up just, <laughs> just, I just had any so of the radio while I was at the coast. Were you watching so, uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie being well, he was king already, I suppose, since uh, the moment his mum died. Yeah, I, I wasn't actually because until I had the morning here now with a fairly full agenda where the crowd of we were filming the field and we were filming Michael Collins after dinner. And I've nothing against King Charles, and I hope he'll, he'll get on well. But I, I just trying to think there, you know, his uh, one of his predecessors, King Charles the first, was beheaded by a fellow called Cromwell, and Cromwell came to Ireland, and he did wreck, so I wouldn't have any great love for that whole... Uh, <laughs> John, I'm, I'm going to have to leave you there. You're very engaging, well done on the passion, okay. and I can tell you're walking yeah. in a nice outdoor area. Lovely to hear the birds chirping. Yeah, the crows are singing there in the background, I'm just going down a bit of fencing now for the rest of the day, OK? You're and, a busy man. And, Thanks and, a million, and, John. And, and, yeah, and, and long live hurling, and, and, and the day better change policy fairly quickly, or we won't have a game like we love, we won't have it in 20 years' time. All right. Thanks, John. Uh, David McGrath's next. Hi, David. Thanks for holding there. Hello, David. Good morning. Good morning, Mick. How are things? Good. Now, you're saying a lot of matches were on Sky last year, so you, you got a lot of coverage there. Yeah, well, at least I have Sky. Yeah, I have Sky Sports, so I was I was actually able to watch them on Sky Sports. But now having to pay an extra twelve euros, or if you want two matches, is something like twenty euros. Or if you want to get them for the season, it's something like seventy nine euros. But um, but just, just my point to Seamus there, Mick, was that like the the Cock to Brearley game is is it actually a monster final? You could say like. Yeah. Even if it's the first round or the second round, it's a monster final. Going back 150 years since 1884, since the GA was founded. And not to have that on television, like, there must be thousands of elderly people in their 70s and 80s in all around County Tipperary, all down West Cork, and Cork City, I suppose, as well, thrown in, that have walked tirelessly, voluntarily with GA clubs for the past 50 years. And these people, maybe they haven't got... Would it be fair Would it be fair of me, and I know you probably wouldn't like me using soccer parlance, but would this be the Munster Derby? It would be the Munster Derby, yeah. Well, overall, yeah. Adult, yeah. Sure, to like, to like, to, it could be like an all in the final, really, if, if you want to go a bit further. But Babs Keating had a column in the Sun last Saturday, and he gave absolutely stink about the game he was fuming over it that it wasn't an RTE. Um, who else? There was a, I believe, I won't say about club, but I believe there was a delegate at the county board meeting last Tuesday night in Parky Keefe, and I, I heard he went berserk down there over it not being on television. 
It's mm-hmm. like people are fuming over it. Now, funny enough, Mick, I watched, I, I listened to it on Saturday night on the radio and I totally enjoyed it. Because when I was young, my mother and father brought me out to Grange when it was a country that had no, no housing estates. I was Sunday afternoon and we used to listen to the, the GA matches live on the radio um, when I was young. So last Saturday night, I got the chance to do the same thing again and it was actually fantastic this it because you can't see the you can't see what's going on. You just have to walk it all for yourself and take it all in. It was brilliant. You know what I mean? Yeah, and who who's commentating on that? It was Mia Hall O'Hare at the time, Cashman. was it? John Cashman. Yeah, but Mia Hall O'Hare back in the day? Oh Mia Hall O'Hare, yeah. What that Mia Hall O'Hare, yeah. It was like there was sure every every house in 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 Cork and all over the country, like there were twenty and thirty people inside the house listening to it like. Oh, sure, you couldn't go but, to the but beach. But as a but as a kid we couldn't go to the beach without without having uh you'd have the hanky fellas with the hankies around the head, sitting back with the, the good pants pulled up to their knees to get a bit of a tan and uh and, and the transistor radio would be hollow hair blasting out. That's right. But even the even the, the holding like like go go back there twenty years ago. I suppose some people say it should be still the same way. That if you lost, if you if you played in the championship, the multi championship, or, 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 or and you lost your first game, you're out of the All Ireland. Then again, that's you've only one game. You're training all year. You're beating the one game, and you're out of the game in April. And there's a long season ahead of you. Now you have five. You have four games now, like um, so. You could say that if you win your first two games, you're probably you're definitely through to the. The next, uh, the next round of the semi-final, but so your total four came in would be of no significance. There'd be people going into the match paying fifty or sixty euros or thirty and forty euros, and uh, the, the teams wouldn't even be trying. It would be an non-event as such. Um, have have you have... used Have you used GA Go? Because uh, we've got some text to say that uh, the the delay on it can be up to three or four seconds, so that you can see stuff happening well, and the commentary is behind it. Well, I spoke to three people now since Saturday, and the first person told me on Saturday, an avid GA supporter from Middleton, told me that he saw it, and he said it was like as if the camera that was viewing it was actually, say, say up in Montanavi, looking down on Tarky Keeve. It was that far away. He said it was hard to make out some of the players. The second person told me they listened to it on, they watched it on Saturday, and that this commentary was about three or four seconds either faster or slower than the actual um, game itself. And in this morning, a person told me he watches in his house on Diego on Saturday, and it was perfect. Okay. So I got three different opinions. Three different opinions. All right, well, yeah. in, in, uh, in, in 10 or 20 years or so, when, uh, when the next coronation comes along, do you, do you hope there won't be a clash? Um, well, that could happen, that, that could happen because... I, we, I suppose, King Charles, the whole, is he say, he's in the 70s, I believe, it's is he? 70, 73, 74, is he? Well, I suppose, if we give him, yeah, 10 years, 83, if he gets that far, like, he'll be another big event for Willem, is it, the next, will he be the next king? Yep. Yeah, but... yeah and just go back to the football, Mick, um, Clare were hammered yesterday by Kelly in the Munster final. I mean, okay. and God, so they were hammered in the Connacht final. The two of them were on RT, there, were, there was 10,000 that were in the final, never held of. And I've heard, there was always 50,000 that I the final, Carlton Kelly. 10,000 that the months of final yesterday. A damn squib, tail hammer by 15 points. But you're still back in the championship. You can actually lose your provincial final now, Michael, and lose two other games in the, in the, next, in the next section. And, and you can still win the All-Ireland. 
Okay. If, 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 so, I mean, if, that's, that's ridiculous. If people so, are wondering why I'm not asking you the pertinent questions, is that I don't follow the GA at all. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of stabbing in the dark here, okay? David? Yes, go yeah, ahead. Sorry, I, I really can't continue the conversation much longer unless you want to say anything you want to say because I don't have the questions to ask you. Uh, I, I do follow sports, but GA wouldn't be my favourite, just to, just to be honest. Well, any problem, I go, my first match was the 1966 Holding Final and I never missed a game from 66 until 2005. I mean, all games, the Munster semi-finals, first round. I went to every game in Clarny, Tullis, Limerick, Dublin, Co-Park, Dallas, Parky, Keeve, Dallas. But 2005, then you got you know how trying to get tickets and uh, the cost of cost of going up there and staying overnight. Every sport getting... is expensive now. Every activity is music or sport or uh, any leisure activity. Can they, they? They're all monetized now, aren't they? So you couldn't stay in Dublin, no, because you you couldn't stay overnight, no, because your list was any big event in Dublin. This was for last weekend, Brooks being seen. This was a hotel could have been seven or eight hundred euros for the room, like. Oh, would have been, yeah. All right, David, th- thanks very much for your contribution to the Neil Prendeville Show this morning. Thanks, uh, Rick. Okay. Okay. Thanks, cheers. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. 25 minutes to 12 midday on the Neil Prenderville Show. Monday munchies, of course, with offbeat donuts. Uh, so if you and your crew need a Monday pick-me-up final chance now to get texting uh, or WhatsApping on 868 104 106 and start the week off on a high, a sugar high, and hit the sweet spot uh, right here by scoring a box of delicious donuts for you and your workmates from Offbeat Donuts on French Church Street. Right then, uh, here's what you do. Uh, just text where you are, who you are, where you're working, and most importantly, why you and your colleagues deserve a Monday treat. If there's a reason, if not, we'll still include you in the competition. The patrollers will deliver up to five boxes to a business every Monday. That's 60 donuts. And uh, these circles of obsession could include praline cream, salted caramel pecan, offbeats jam, red velvet ganache, uh, and chocolate ganache. So there you go. Uh, final chance to text 0868104106 from Monday Munchies with offbeat donuts on French Church Street. And uh, here are some more of those vying to win. Hi, Mick. Lisa here from the Cork Clinic. We're so busy this morning. We could do with a sugar rush. Pick me up. We love the show, says Lisa, Sharon, Grace and Deemer. Hi, Mick. I would like uh, to recommend my partner, Owen O'Callaghan, and his workmates in Rockwell Engineering in Clahine for the offbeat donuts. It would be a very nice treat for them uh, as he's off on holidays as Owen to Spain on Wednesday. And Spriggs in Passage West Post Office for the donuts, please. We deserve them because we look after the whole town. And that they do. We will share with the Shamrock Shop across the road. Very nice of you. Uh, Hi Mick, I would like to put shipping solutions forward for the Monday Munchies, please. They are the hardest working group of people all year round, led by the over-generous Andrea. Power Haulage Limited and Carrick Tool all working very hard since the early hours. Could do with a delicious sugar boost to help us through the day. It's Monday, boo-hoo, and it would be a lovely treat to start off the week. We love listening to Red FM, says Maria from James Byrne Accountants in Mallow. And hi Mick, Don Manway Oncology Suite in CUH would love donuts. My daughter is there this morning having chemo and it would give all the patients and staff a lovely boost. Staff there are doing Trojan work, I'm sure they are. We'll uh, put them and the final batch that are just arriving now uh, into the sorter. Uh, it used to be a hat, now it's kind of an electronic sorter and we'll pick a winner between now and uh, 12 midday. Uh, let's go back to our uh, phone lines and back to free speech and to Paddy Bullman. Uh, good morning, Paddy. Paddy, sorry. Hello, Paddy. Uh, Nick, morning. 
Now, already there's legislation in place on uh, free speech, the 1989 Act. Um, yeah. So wh- where do you stand on it? Uh, well, on the new legislation, totally and utterly against it, you know. I mean, as I say, if, if there is legislation there that protects us for, for most most uh, most things, you know, that would be considered hate speech and that it's already there, which is and, and quite sufficient. I mean, it's, go, it's gone past the point now where it, it's... It, I mean, I'm wondering if this legislation, this new legislation, is is uh, even repo- repugnant to our constitution. I mean, one of the oh, one of the underpinning of a de- democracy is 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 freedom of, uh, to to express your opinion, and this new legislation is effectively taking this away. You know, but it, it's not only that is. Uh, the way this has been done as well, and uh, in recent times, I mean, what more proof do we, the people of Ireland, need to show us that we are living in a totalitarian state at this stage? We have no say in anything to start with. This this was passed through Dáil and it's going through there, it's done and dusted. And this has been decided by a small group of elitist politicians no consultation with the public, with the people themselves, on such an important issue. Yeah, one of the basics of democracy, take, you know, your right to express your opinion being decided by a small few. None of this, this should, be, this should, have, been, this should have gone to referendum. You, you know, such an important you know issue. It, it may not even have and made, it may not even have made uh, this media, uh, unless it had been criticised by both Donald Trump Jr. and the richest man in the world, Elon Musk, uh, and now there's a huge spotlight uh, shining on it. We've got dozens and dozens of texts yeah. on it. Um, uh, you take it, but what? Yeah, I know what this. You, you know, it's not just this latest legislation now on, on its own that 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 irks me either. It is in recent times, like in the last twenty years, the, the way this government has been acting, the laws it has passed. I mean, it has several times encroached on our constitutional rights, especially through the. Um, yeah, COVID pandemic when they took away our rights to freedom at the at the stroke of a pen, you know. People, people like asking, that. I know there are people will say that they, you know that was necessary at that time. I don't think so. Yeah. But anyway, this this government are doing this. They're, they're they're sitting there making decisions that affect every single aspect of our lives without consultation at all to anybody. They, their time should be spent on things like uh, this now. Uh, say passing legislation. That uh, secures people's housing. That's what they should be concentrating on. And in fact, this now, this this latest legislation, are going to encroach on anything like that because we need to discuss things about housing. And again, I'm already in in, in deep water with this expressing an opinion like this. Immigration in the country. Will we be able to discuss the issues again of immigration and housing that we house immigrants, but we let our own people... Uh, without housing and that, uh, having legislation like that, as far as I'm saying, might put might put an end to that discussion. That I'd be afraid to open my mouth to express my opinion on what I think of immigration and what I think of how you know the, what the government has been doing all through this uh, catastrophe with housing and nothing done about it. Let me give you a flavour of some of the texts that are coming in here, Paddy. Are they building yeah. more prisons? What a joke. They can't even impris- imprison the serious criminals. Mick, could the Koran 
the Holy Koran and the Holy Bible now be considered to be hate content. Somebody else uh, texting the Nazis tried yeah. the same in the 30s and 40s. Somebody else texted the new hate laws are not new. Orwell described them as thought crimes in his novel 1984. That was Pat. And uh, one other texter said, it's five million of us against 167 Irish-hating public servants. I'd be in trouble for reading all of them under this new legislation. You, you could be. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You know? And I, I mean, I see, you know, it's gone too far with this control of people's opinions. Yes, you can offend with your opinion. And, you know, and I do believe, okay, you must moderate this somewhat. It can get a bit out of hand sometimes in heated debates and such, for example. But I think the bottom line anyway is that if I'm expressing an honest opinion of mine, I'm not doing it to insult or uh, to insult anybody. I'm doing it because it's an honest opinion. Um, if somebody takes offence, I'm not doing it to offend anybody either. And if somebody takes offence with what I say, it's... They're the ones taking offence. I'm not giving offence, not purposely, mm. you know. And it's the same with him. I mean, for example, okay, uh, you know, I sometimes feel, I don't know if offended is too strong a word, but I, I disagree strongly with, um, you know, other people's opinions that I hear in public and on media and things like that. But, I mean, who am I to stop them saying it because I find it offensive? Even though I might find it offensive and disagree totally doesn't, with doesn't it. doesn't make it offensive. I try tooth and nail to protect their right to express their opinion, their honest opinion. And if, if, if a government, it's not a government anymore, it's a totalitarian regime, want to bring, bring in legislation to stop people actually expressing their opinion. And not only that, it's going far that we can't have it on our person. I could be done for this for what I might have in my telephone. Exactly. And, 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 and giving the police power to take the telephone off me and read through my texts. Or, no, or, no. or, or you're a hateful is, meme because you may have, you may have intended or they yeah. may deem that you intended to distribute it. Yeah. Uh, Paddy, I, I, I have to leave it there. Talk I, police. Uh, Paddy, no problem. I, yep. No, uh, The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 Busy programme this morning, 13 minutes to 12 o'clock. Not going to get to all your texts. Uh, thank you if you have sent them in. Sorry if I can't, uh, with the time allowed to me, or left to me, get to them all. Uh, let's get to some of those texts then. Uh, the uh, new proposed gagging law uh, is being led by uh, this government. Uh, Marie Antoinette, time for Ireland to say enough is enough. Call a referendum to stop this draconian uh, tyranny. Uh, make, take a look at all the bios of those changing their names to Irish on Facebook. The majority are teachers which I imagine is to stop students looking into their private lives online. Stop looking into something that isn't there. I know many people in their late teens and early 20s um, that uh, have changed their name to the Irish version and uh, are are not teachers. They're already uh, in the workplace or prospective employees and uh, they just feel it gives them that bit of protection, Mags. That's all I was saying. Uh, Everyone has, as a teenager, screamed at their parents and say, I hate you. Will they be prosecuted under the new law, says Pat? Uh, and the Irish Examiner quoted Donald Trump's view on the housing crisis and apparently didn't quote his view on the hate laws which he condemned but the one thing is the oxygen as Donald O'Cusick used it on the hurling situation has been given to this argument and the highlight and spotlight has been given to it by the intervention and the opinions of Donald Trump Jr. and um, 
and Elon Musk. Uh, I can't come on air, but these hate speech laws are undemocratic. We are living in a communist country. Uh, the government has gone rogue and tyrannical. Uh, and when this happens, we the people have the power to get them out. They do not work for us, the people. The whole country needs to rise up and fast, says Sharon and Carrigaline. Don't even get me going on the price gouging in the supermarkets. Uh, if this was France, there would be anarchy in the streets. Uh, so she's all for free speech, but also for censorship. That was a comment about Maureen, I think. Make nice to hear you on the radio while Neil is off gallivanting. Uh, sure, he needs the break. Uh, listening to Maureen there, the world has changed so much. I've been to McDonald's in London at the weekend, and the ladies' toilet in there is also a men's toilet. I'm not sure what happens in the men's toilet, but they just walk freely as they wish into the ladies. It's really horrible, Mick, but what can we do now? That's uh, Marie from Beautiful Clon as she signs herself. Now for our Offbeat Donuts winner, uh, we asked to text in on 0868 104 uh, where you are and... Uh, who you are, where you're working, uh, and most importantly, why you and your colleagues deserve a Monday treat. And uh, we've chosen our winner, and uh, the winner is... Dun, 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 dun. It is Rockwell Engineering in Clahine. Hi, Mick, I would like to recommend my partner Ono Callahan and his workmates in Rockwell Engineering in Clahine. Randomly picked, uh, but successful for the offbeat donuts. It would be a nice treat for Owen as he's off on holidays to Spain on Wednesday. So well done to all and thanks to Offbeat Donuts and their store on French Church Streets. My thanks to our producers today, Kevin Galvin and Seamus Whelan, back tomorrow morning just after 9 o'clock news on the Neil Prendival Show. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.